All right. We have got uh, we got heat, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it is a balmy 18 degrees outside here in the... Uh, the, the beginning the half of North. February. After being yeah. 60 yesterday. And yeah. snowing. I w- that, that was one of the strangest temperature transfers I've been through in my life. I think in one week, we went from negative 5 to plus 60, and we're back at like 18 degrees. That's and a hell of a, hell of a run. Bad time to be an outdoor That's a animal. total of 30 degrees. I hope all the bugs came out, and now they're all dead. Uh, somebody had Next said time. that the cold temperatures might impede the ability of the ash borer. Yeah, to survive. Good. I heard about that, but good. it was like up in Minneapolis where it's uh, it's too late. My ash trees are already dead. <laughs> Mine's alive. <laughs> exactly. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. They they took one of my ash trees. They they came in and told me I wasn't allowed to have it anymore, so they took it away. The uh, was it turning to ash? No, what? but it was full of apparently it was full of <laughs> boar vermin. Was boar was the city doing that? They came in. City found it. Yeah, city came in and took it away. Yeah, not, city not came. Did, in. They, did they dice it up and drop it for you? Yeah, they did everything. Did no, they, the they stump grind it out. They did everything. Uh, we, I went for work. I went to work in the morning. Yeah. And by the tam- time I came back, there was topsoil, and that green stuff that yeah. turns into grass. Yeah. No cellulose shit. Stuff. Cellulose crap. What's what fucking city? Do you Avon live? Lake. I'm moving there. I know, just right? Just haven't cut my tree down. Yeah. Lakewood just digs a no, leaves a stump there for six months and then digs a hole and then you oh, really? fall in. <laughs> I just paid $2,800 to have archery taken out of our backyard. Oh, yeah. It was probably some kind of full-grown animal, wood? though, right? Right. Well, yeah. It was the was one by your uh, pool? That, oh, yeah. That's a monster. Oh, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. I was there when we they should, were tearing we, that thing down. Should yeah. have invited oh, podcast yeah. Yeah. come over and take down Jenny? Yeah. Jenny's they had tree. to crane it out and everything. No, we're going to have the... Uh, yeah, we've got one at the back of the shop here that's lifting up the back rear corner of our shop, but has lifted up the neighbor's garage. It's a neighbor's tree. Okay. So his garage is taking the brunt of it, but we've also, you know, we got a block building here, so you, there's there's some definitely some shit happening. Neighbor nails, you know, yeah. a neighbor of mine owns copper nails in there, and it'll kill it. A neighbor of mine's got a small brown jug of Agent Orange. Yeah, just spill it over <laughs> there, it'll it'll kill it. like yeah. like a cat. That, that explains your appearance. <laughs> Agent Orange and General Mayhem and Corporal Punishment, they all got together one night and just really made a mess of things. The, uh, the fucking tree's gone. But the tree's fucking gone, exactly. You forgot Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter, exactly. Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> made a mess of your private. And Duke Nukem. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk uh, tonight a little bit about kind of the, the stuff. Oscar has somehow worked his way into a 1970s Piaccio Moped, mm-hmm. and uh, aside from it missing the steering column lock key, because they, they didn't even have a didn't even have a proper ignition key in it. Right? No, 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 no battery, nothing in it. Yeah, yep. and uh, so rather than doing what we would all had done, which would have been drill that fucker out, yeah. with with sort of uh, maximum prejudice, ham fisted, ham fisted fury. That's the only thing I know how to do. Yeah, well, Oscar, though, didn't do that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how how you decided. Let's tell the kids who's here first. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, kids kids home. To the kids at home. Sorry, guys. Kind Third gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> the drink of a uh, rich white man. Mr. Gin is here. Oh, no. And right. the brown man, too. Yeah. Is that the drink I'm drinking the privilege? same thing. <laughs> Come on. You've heard of white Russian? This is a white privilege. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so to my immediate left is... Johnny Beck. And Oscar, Crawford, Chris Smith, and Pete Hemfling. Hey, there you go, and your slightly tipsy narrator, <laughs> Unky Phil. So, uh, 
Yeah. That so, just sounds creepy. Guess what? That's the whole point. Yeah. At this All point, it is life. creepy. With yeah. due reason. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah. Oscar shows up today. I mean, we. I am aware of his presence on Facebook and whatnot, and Instagrammals. What and, not? And I knew that rather than purchasing a new lock barrel, mm. that your intention was to come to my shop, ravage my box of keys. Yes. And they've been quite ravaged. Find a key <laughs> of the hundreds of keys I have, spare keys that I have, that would Mr. be at Jingling. least the right, uh, the right configuration. Yeah. Yep. Right? It would fit in the hole. Yep. And being that I have, being that I have a shop of like... You know, 18-plus years of dealing with Italian bikes, yep. that particular key is used on a lot of different Italian bikes. And it just so happens they used it on the Italian mopeds as well. So what would be a steering column key for not just Vespas, but Moto Guzzi's. I've seen them the same one on a lot of older Ducati motorcycles. It's a really common key blank, a real common key mm-hmm. form. And so I had six or eight of them in my box of miscellaneous keys. Oscar went through and grabbed some and went home, and I did not know that Oscar was an aspiring felon. <laughs> I had no idea that you have a set of... Uh, I didn't let, Tools. I didn't know that you were a lock enthusiast. Is that the yes. nicest way to say it? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm into the knowledge of knowing how locks work and try to defeat them as, as fast as possible. Wow. Do your neighbors have any secrets? Uh, not at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool because what you've got here, I, I see certain items I identify. Yep. I see a whole box and assortment of pins, right? Yep. So I see a whole various box of pins, and I see a lock-picking gun, Yep. right, which I, I do not understand the operation of. And then I see various uh, flat, interestingly ground picks, right? Yep. So yep. picks and devices. Steve yep. just shot Steve himself. Steve just shot himself a lock-picking <laughs> gun. Okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about... Yep, yep. I gave you a key that we know was the wrong key, right? Yes. Okay. Now, it's a real simple key, like a key like any of you have seen before on a lock before. Uh, it's got teeth on one side, right, and no teeth on the other side. Yep. You know, it's just a key. Yep. yep. Now, how did you go about getting this lock assembly, the device, that I think that's, was that the, the tumbler? The actual, yeah, the actual core. Yeah. That's the core lock. How the hell did you get that out without having a drill? I don't, well, I'm sure you have a drill without using a drill. <laughs> I do own a drill. So, so the way these these locks are on small frames, yeah. Vespa mo- small frames, or or, or the uh, Triumph the, motorcycles, the Triumph motorcycles still use block, an yeah. external column lock that is the same exact thing. You have the key for your motorcycle, but then you have an extra little key for the column lock, which is silly as shit. Because you'd think that the column lock key would be built into the ignition like any modern vehicle from, you know, this past hundred years. The C70 is the same way. That's what I'm saying. It's got a a key on the... It is surprising to me that a lot of modern Triumph motorcycles still use a secondary lock for the column lock. So you have the ignition key, which operates the electrical switch to fire up the motorcycle. But then you have a secondary key that is a mechanical lock on the front column, which is basically a bar that goes in... And keeps the handlebars from turning. So, so harder to, to defeat. It, it's the same thing. I but don't know. The only problem is that when you have, like, in your house, 
your your lock for your door. Usually you have screws on the inside because you don't care about people on the inside. That's where you unscrew the lock right. and you take the whole thing apart sure. and then you can do whatever you want. But for a steering column or, or a bike... We don't want people to be able to do that. You don't have that. Right. So, yeah, because everybody can just screw whatever right. uh, to take it out. The way it works is that it has a little pin underneath it. Okay. The only way of taking this lock out is to put the key in, All right. turn it over, and then you can pull the whole... Okay, the pull cap, the whole mechanism out. The whole mechanism out. out. Okay. So that's why the if you want go on the uh, on the website of how to remove or replace or right. put a new one once you uh, you got the key is that tell you to drill the whole the whole mechanism out okay. take all the pins out okay and then you just you screwdriver turn it over and then you can take it out but then you would have to buy a, buy new, a one that actually fits a it. tumbler right buy a new mechanism but I found out that there weren't at least specifically for that. Yeah. That bike, they were like, well, you have to either buy one from Italy or Germany. They're like 20 bucks and 30 for shipping. Right. And, they're two, and they're two different variants, and that's why they don't tell you on the on the on on where the actual pins are. Okay. They're 4 millimeter width or 6 millimeter, and, and that's you don't the know what you're getting. And that holds the guts of yes. the lock into the motorcycle. And the springs and okay. guts, yeah. All right. And it's that would have to be defeated if you were to try to remove that barrel out. Right. Right. Uh, and the only way it's going to come out is if you have a key or some analog for the key to, to try yeah. to activate that. So the first thing that I tried was with all the. So keys. even had you ordered one of these things from Italy, oh, you wouldn't replace it. Until there's at you least a 50-50 chance, right. and you have was, to drill out the other. If it would fit one. the whole thing, okay. yeah. Got it. And so you did have to figure out which one of the keys I loaned you was. Appropriate. Close to it, yeah. but actually none of them were able, even if you try to, the equivalent of raking it or, mm-hmm. or just kind of jiggle it to try to see, because we've seen scooters that are, like the P200 is notorious for having, that you grab someone else's keys key, and mostly right. you're going to turn it over. Well, because the guts of the a key. P200 ignition lock are plastic, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, you know, post-1977... Mm-hmm. Or even 74 rallies and stuff where you have, a, there's a certain type of key. Uh, it has a plastic rubberized grip and then a metal key. And like any key can be the master key. You just have to be willing to turn it a little harder than you think you should. And then that lock will then accept anything as a key for the rest right. of its life. You know, you've buggered the lock. You That's know? the way mine is. That's the way yeah. it is. Yeah. Screwdriver, anything. I works. assure yeah. you, many of the Vespas I've owned and, over the years. Who didn't have a car like back in the 70s, like an old Ford or Chevy oh, yeah. or whatever, yeah. and you could take any Ford or Chevy key because right. the tumblers and were so worn right. down and the right. keys were so worn down, you just yeah. stick it in there and it would turn. It'd work. Yeah. It's kind of the same principle. But in this situation, so you, you you couldn't just remove this tumbler. You first had to pick the lock. Right. Okay. So you first had to pick the lock. And so the problem with this lock, and I, I passed it around, and people right. felt what the key. It's a lot of like. tension. A lot of tension, and that's right. what kind of. I was shocked at how much tension there is for such a small lock. And that's why it took me two hours to be oh. able to pick it because. Really, it only took you two hours. Was, yeah, the the, <laughs> you the, got problem, it. the this problem is. Podcast. It is oh, full of tension. Puns. <laughs> the problem is that to try to pick it, and I picked like regular locks or or, right. or for the ignition. Those don't have any tension whatsoever. Right. Just turn the key, leave right. it where it is. It's not supposed it's to turn stay it back. There. It's right. going to stay there. But this one it's got a return has spring. a return spring, yeah. and to try to actually pick it, you have to figure out how much tension to defeat it and to be able to pick the actual lock. 
Originally, I thought that since because of the size of what it is, it's pretty was, small. Yeah, I would have thought that actually. I was I was checking it out, and I thought it was a, a just a three or four pin right. because of the size. As as small and and old as this lock this, is, this lock this lock is about an inch long. I mean, yes, yeah, it is. It's really small. It has five pins. So on the system, completely so it's unnecessary. It's. Even amount of security. A lot more secure than even a master lock. Right. A master lock, which you'd think is a master that lock. That we just opened right? up, that it's supposed to be super secure, unshimmable. Right. That has only four pins. Only four pins. So that little lock out of your moped, which honestly looks like it should cost more than a dollar. It shouldn't cost yes. more than a dollar. It's yeah. a little piece of brass. and but So that's got five pins in it. It has five pins in them. Wow. So. That, that is an unnecessary level of security. Yes. Right. Yeah. For when you think that it's just keeping your, and it's not even keeping your motorcycle. I'm sorry, your moped where you parked it, <laughs> exactly, yeah. because you can still pick it up and take it away. Why didn't you just use the key code and get a key cut? <laughs> <laughs> so it's right there on the side. Well, because you have to have it out to get yes. to that. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That would be a pro oh. tip, a Cleveland Moto <laughs> pro tip for the home gamer. <laughs> on just about every lock I've ever worked with, at some place on the lock there will be a code. Right. Now, and when we lived in a more trusting society, Honda codes were actually stamped onto the mo- the lock mechanism that you could read you from could the outside. Externally, yep. So you'd look at a Honda motorcycle and take a look at this, you know, 1971 mm-hmm. CB750 over here, and you look at the lock mechanism, and it'll say H364 on it, which means if you really want to steal my bike, <laughs> you then go to the hardware store and you go... I need a key, a Honda key, and it's Honda key H634. And they go, all right, I'll grind you one or up. And he goes over to a printer, right? prints off a card that has the profile, right. cuts it out, yep. puts yep. it in the thing, and just like duplicating it. And $15 it. later. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or you could be this guy here right? who's got the code decoder. The code decoder. And the He's thing. He's got a, so, like literally a little fan of baby shims, yep. and they will tell you. It's printed on there? What color? Yeah. Which code it is, which thing. The so number. you insert those in. That's a one, two, three. And that four, will five. tell you so he can read the lock even though you. By trying it out. Yep. Right. That's really something. Yeah. Wow. So now. And with I thought with, you were a nice guy. With those, I, <laughs> well, I have a story for that one. <laughs> so so once, once I was able to take the whole thing out, yeah. I went through all the keys that you had, <clears throat> stuck it in. Right. Saw the the, the, the the pin that it where it used to be. Okay, yeah. Saw what kind of the shape of the key is. Sure. To see the grooves, the high the and high, lows. The high points and low points. And okay. I started grabbing and picking and choosing the picks Pins. that you had. Okay, yeah. To where I thought the actual size was. Okay. So I repinned the original. You took the, the original pins out. The original out. pins out. Right. With the key that, the, that was closest to what the shapes were. Right. And reorganize them to I could actually just use work use those pins. Because so. I've done a couple of locks before for like things that were like top cases and stuff that weren't as important. Yeah. So so you reversed <coughs> the pin structure to fit yes. the key. Right. Yes. Rather and than regrinding the key, yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. use different pins. I've got a key, so now I just gotta make the lock work to this key. Exactly. Fucking A. Right? That's pretty cool. And I was I was able to out of the five original pins, 
I reused four of them for this specific key that, mm-hmm. that, that Phil had. Rearrange yeah. Rearrange them, them out of the existing and pins. Four out of the five. So you only had to go shopping for one pin. And there you go. Or you just wow. work it with four. Or you work it with or four. Work it four. You're right. I right. took out the, the, the pin and the, and the barrel. Well, and that's the my technique when customers and would buy a bike and they would want a matching top case. And so we get the bike Zero and you get the matching top case. <laughs> and the keys. Certain manufacturers' keys are intentionally designed so that they will fit into the lock, but of course they're not key alike. And what you end up with is a guy that's got now in his keychain, he's got two keys. He's got one key for his motorcycle and one key for his top case. But if he bought a, a top case that's from the same manufacturer as his motorcycle, that key that works it, and this is absolutely true for BMWs, tons of Italian motorcycles, Kawasaki's. Um, the top case that comes from the factory as an accessory will not be keyed to match the key on your motorcycle. Now, the first thing you would do is, of course, you take it down to a locksmith purpose, yeah, right. and pay him 30 or 40 bucks, and he'll re-key that cylinder so that your main key, your bike's normal key, will now operate both locks. And he'll just replace these pins until he gets the right match. Can Oscar do that for me? Yes, he can. And, in fact, <clears throat> what I learned was I learned that I could do it and of course, <laughs> well, you were talking about the wafers. So, like a lot of the keys will actually have these moon-shaped slips of metal that are in place of pins, and it's not uncommon to find those on the cylinder-style locks, uh, where it uses a traditional key like you're familiar with. But the key may be—I've uh, seen them a lot with the keys that are ground on both sides that have those little mm-hmm. flat wafer right. things. Yep. And on those two, the same thing. You you put tension on the spring, and you can start pulling the wafers out and reorganizing them. Now, unless you buy replacement wafers, you may only get two or three of them to engage. But realistically, I'm not that worried about somebody lockpicking my side cases. If only one or two of these tumblers work, that's good enough for me, because the idea is I want them to not come open when I'm driving the bike. And then I want to be able to stick the key for my ignition in there and get them to open. Somebody who wants to open them will open them anyway. Well, exactly. Right. right. So, you're only as secure as the people that you're well, parking. Near. And if you want to be like really hardcore, I mean, usually are the, the metal like usually do just just drill through it. You can right. get like steel graded, and you can't even. And do, good luck drilling through those. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. if you want to dr- really be break really your drill bit, yeah. you can actually do that. But yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So, what exactly does the lock gun? So, first of all. I know about the technique called raking a lock, which yep. is where you put a, a tensioner, which is basically mm-hmm. an L-shaped piece of steel, yep, you yep. put that into where the key would normally go, yep. and you load oh, tension sorry, on okay. the lock as though there were a human key in there putting tension trying to turn the key. Right. But then, I did not know until just today what the difference was between raking and picking. Right. So raking is more like poke and hope. Right. It's, it's, it's uh, spray and pray. Okay. <laughs> Who's hope? So, so, yeah. <laughs> so what you do is... What is, are you spraying? So, <laughs> oh. so what you do is pretty much just going in and out really fast yeah. and, and, and trying to... That's what Hope likes it. ...to uh, defeat the spring on all of them. On all of them? At the same okay. time. all right. Enough that it would fall into where the key would actually right. push it up. right. And with the tension that because you have on the turn, on there, right? Those so pins will jump. So that's why you have yeah. to have really slight tension on it, so you're you're not 
since you don't have the key, right? Your pins will still move, but right. they but they won't. But they'll well once they move, they'll stay up. Yeah. Right. Because they'll because hang. you're preparing right. your 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 tension to turn it right. once you punch all of them at the same time, so they float out with the spring, and you catch them on the now. Fly. So am I to believe that a lock gun? Has sort of an impact device. Yes, it sort of shocks it. It's, and it's, that's it's the same as a bump key. Right. It's, it's, it's like exactly right. slapping them all up at the same right. time. Right. Because when I was a kid, to... we used to use like a screwdriver handle. Right. And then a key that wasn't the right key, that's but the... fit the slot. So that and that's what and we put that in and tap that's... it with a screwdriver handle really quick, and you could get the door to open. So you can actually like what Pete was saying is, is there there is a it called a bump key. So right. what it is, you used a generic serrated. Forty-five degree. Oh, on on all the the equivalents on the teeth. It's almost like a rake, a key that's made into a rake. Okay, right. All so right. you do forty-five on all of them. Right, and then you pull it out just a little bit enough to when you <coughs> bump it, when you tap it, when you tap it, you uh-huh. turn it, ah. and it's the same as the gun that lifts all of them from the bottom. Oh, okay. what it is is just a flat surface that goes into so the key. So you install the keys. Bump it. Just a modified key. The key is just cut. Rand, like not randomly, one. but 45s. Right. Cut optimally. Optimally. Right. Thank you. Cut optimally. And then you insert the key to its normal stop, back it off a blonde one, Bl- yeah. and then tap it. Yep. So would you, you're, As bumping, you're, you're bumping all of them. So they're all going to rise up because right. they're all on 45 degree range. And you're they're turning all ran, your... And they're so, all going up at the same time. So not just a, t- not, not just a pin, but up to three or four of, pins right, at the same whatever, time. Whatever, five or six or however wow. complex your key. And then you're... The, the benefit of the bump key is that instead of having your tensioner, yeah, you already have the key. The key, the key that has everything. Yeah. You just bump it and just turn and it. Bang! And, you're open. And there are some tricks for people that haven't done the bump key before. You can put like a piece of rubber or something uh-huh. on the big end to just and, hang it back a little bit. Right. So that pushes back. So every time you smack it, uh-huh. it'll go back it'll to the position. To right. The so you spot. keep going back and forth. Just so you're just putting it a little over it. That's, that's the raking. That's the yeah, whole right purpose instead of using yeah. the gun. Okay, so when you're picking, though, you're attacking each pin individually. Right. So when you're picking, you have different tools. Uh, you have different styles. You have your bogotas. You have your serrated and diamond and the actual picks, different okay. shapes. But the whole point of the picking is that you go one by one okay. on the picks. And so you've got to be able to tactile. You've got to be able to feel. Yes, when that little tiny piece of metal, that little piece of hardened right. steel, is engaging with that particular pin, and and it, and it is true what they show on the movies that it's all about the feeling, right? It, it it definitely is. So you put small tension on the on the lock itself, and you start going pin by pin, uh-huh. and just imagine all the pins are never the same thickness. Okay. Not the length of what right. the, the... The height or the, how much actuation height, it Right, not the yeah. key shape, but the actual thickness of it. So really? once you turn the key, if it's yeah. not in the right spot, only one of them right. will be stuck. Because oh. the one, the first one you're pressing against okay. with the key. With the key. So you put light tension and you go through each of them. If you feel the spring, that's not the one. That's not the binding one. So you go to the next and, and try to figure out which one is the one that's... Thicker than and that's all the for other each ones. Pin. Each pin. And it's a different thickness. Yes. So now you're trying to Not isolate. Not on purpose, but they're usually there's, a little there's a little variance. Now right. in a Mexican chastity belt, how many pins do they normally have? One. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> so that, and that's because I'm thing. figuring that's where these skills came from. <laughs> 
romantic culture, Catholic yeah. base. You don't call me the romantic Hispanic. <laughs> For nothing. That's it. <laughs> that's, so, I mean, so that's, that is, that's the whole pin and purpose is just go finding the, the, the binding pen yeah. each of the time. Once you pick it and you start pushing it up, you feel that, that there's a false set that where it actually get gets into the shape where it goes. Then guess what? That one's going to be in the right shape. Yeah. Another one is going to be the one that's going to be the next one the over next on one the thickness. The next one down on the thickness scale. And you find the next one, and then you go one by one until you go through all of them. And then, Holy crap. Yeah. Now, I have seen a vibrator. We all have, Phil. Being used, <laughs> being used to open a lock. Right. And... I, I couldn't believe it. Like, the guy basically... That's why Cameron's not here any longer. <laughs> Once again, we just said, all you got to do, Cameron, is open his lock. The, uh, but I had seen somebody who had taken, like, one of these, like, hardened steel devices, and, on, of course, on a YouTube video, where all today's experiences yeah, yeah, come yeah, from, yeah, yeah. and basically had walked up with a, uh, a thing that had several ridges on it, mm-hmm. And went in and and, <laughs> and like within a second, with a matter of three and seconds, had a lock opened. So the one had a door I, lock open. The one that I have is just a, a a manual picking gun, but they do have the mm-hmm. high end vibrating kind that sure. Just, I mean, yeah. you don't have to right. tap and and actually hit all of them. It's just because it's electrical one, so it's just like yeah. going through. It's all shaking of them. it so it's fast. It's shaking itself that you just wow. Put light tension to actually turn all of them. That's really, I mean, yeah. That's pretty interesting. I really had no idea. I mean, I'm familiar with the idea of locks and locksmithing and everything else, but you know, this has been a problem in my world: losing keys, yeah. uh, customers who lose keys, right. and you just don't think that. There is a solution other than the brute force method of just drilling out the lock entirely, and this is it. I mean, how much would you say – you've got quite a bit of gear here. Yeah. But how much do you think investment you have dollar-wise into the equipment that you've used to kind of start this hobby? You can buy really cheap cheap stuff and, and like, go to eBay, just lock-picking kit. Usually you can buy – like a because uh, um, that tool folds up like a like an old cigar tool or a pipe tool. It's like a feeler gauge. It does look like feeler yep. gauges. Yeah, and it, it, it is actually uh, it's just a like a sure. Uh, it's uh, something you put on a keychain. On a keychain, right? Uh, you can buy them for like I don't know fifteen twenty bucks. Yeah, uh, they're not expensive at all. Just right. be careful depending on the state. Yep. They have okay. different laws. All right. Makes uh, sense. I, I do it for sport. It's a hobby. I'm throwing uh, air quotes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're just a sport lock picker. There are, because I, I did my research before I moved to the States. Right. Uh, different states have different laws of if, if they... Uh, well, in Tijuana, they had a class for this. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's it's first okay. grade. <laughs> first grade. <laughs> it was home at. So yeah. for some for some uh, uh, states you have to have a a uh, license, be a, a license okay. uh, uh, to possess criminal tools. You have to be a licensed uh, uh, locksmith to be able to carry and have those this stuff around. Yeah. Hey, wow. I tried to pick the lock, and guess what? It but still works. It still works. You didn't break <laughs> it. It has right. a key. It's like a crowbar. If you're like. Walking around someone exactly. else's house and they catch you with a crowbar. That's a criminal. A baseball tool. bat is sports equipment. Until you don't have a mitt and a glove ball to go with it. Yeah. Then it's a weapon. A baggie is paraphernalia. Paraphernalia, exactly. It just right. happens to be your whole right. stash. Depends on what it is. That I mean that's really it's really interesting. And I'm more more of a, I'm impressed that you 
you had a a bike, you had a motor scooter yeah. uh, or a Vespa or Vespa moped in this case that. I've drilled out 40 or 50 of those, man. Oh, now, now you know who to call, man. I, this, yeah, this, I've drilled I out 40 thing. or 50 of them. Yeah. And I would have never taken it. But I've also drilled them out and, and fucked it up. Tension. Low so and high tension. I've also fucked them up where, you know, you're going and everything's going good. And then you come off center. Yeah. And now you've damaged the frame that the fucking thing yeah. went into. The housing, yeah. And the housing. Yeah. And now, now it's never going to be good yeah. again. Yeah. So if, if, you're following, if you're having trouble following this, I mean, this isn't really like... A good radio audio. friendly. It's not radio know, friendly. Yeah, no. yeah. But just Google lock picking or yeah. how does a lock work or something. You'll, yeah. It'll lock become crystal techniques. clear. But yep. there's, a, really there's a lot cool. of finesse to it, I think, and, is and what, there, what And there's a lot say. of, uh, like, obviously, YouTube channels. Yeah. They have Lock Labs and the, the, the Lexmith, the, the lawyer. What's, lock what's, Boston what's, Lawyer. Or yeah, some lawyer. Yeah. So yeah. they do a lot of uh, lock picking. It's really interesting. I mean, you go down a rabbit hole, watch the lock picking. Again, I had bought for our shop, I had bought like eight or ten of this particular brand of Master, grade seven of ten. Security, set your own combination padlocks. That means you have to be in the seventh grade to pick it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe less. And then I watched a video. Well, we first had, first had a person. Uh, I happened to put this lock, and we'd gone down to a Cocoa Beach scooter rally, and I had everybody's scooter that we transported down there in the back of my big trailer, and I had the, I had the master set your own combination four digit padlock on the back. And I said, well, if you have been nice enough to pay me to transport your bike down here, I will tell you the code for my trailer so you can get your bike out. I don't need to be there so you can get your bike out. And this was a, the best idea so I could commence with the drinking. And <laughs> when I had got down there, a fella had showed up at the bar on his bike that he had liberated on his own. And I said, well, I didn't give you the code. He said, oh, I didn't need it. <laughs> those are the worst locks in the history of locks that you have on the back of that trailer. Yep. And then he proceeded to go over and show me how he could open up the lock using one, the, the littlest screwdriver blade on his Leatherman tool faster than I could open it, and I knew the combination. He literally jammed that thing in, and the lock popped open like it was his daddy. Like, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I was like, I need to buy new locks. He beat it like it owed him money. It was amazing. <laughs> Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> and like again, he's I said, like, how did you do that? Did you pick you that lock? And he goes, I didn't pick that lock. I exploited a massive vulnerability of the lock, you know? So Master that, Master Logs suck. They're, master they're, Locks they're suck. The cheapest. Because you're saying they're what, three tumbler or four tumblers? Yeah, they're four tumblers, and I just pick one like, I saw you just pick it in about three seconds. Oh, I have yeah. my master yeah. key right so, here. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you I've do been with working it? on this one and I can't get it? Yeah. What's that? So what can you do with a combination lock? Oh, that's even worse. There is a... Um, but don't some of those also... A rotational have, dial rotational combination dial lock? Rotational dial lock. There's, there's a... There's a uh, now we're totally issue. leaving motorcycles because I've never seen a rotational dial lock on I've, any motorcycle. Right. <laughs> there, there is a, a, an issue with those that if you find the one of the spinners okay. that actually has the gap, okay, you can get a, a, a slim enough gauge in between it you go all the way in and it you can push the lever that actually activates Get out all of, here. of them so and really? it just pops the whole so can thing i bring out. one next week sure all right that's right because well. i don't know the combination oh Your job is to <laughs> so oh really because it yes the challenge yeah okay. it'll be open it. you still won't know the you won't know the combination but by god she'll be open yeah, yeah. yeah. in which case i'll be Might happy well to show you and have fun with that how long has it been locked like that yes 
Yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say that. Since high school. Is Mrs. Smith wearing it? <laughs> so, that, I mean, it's it's one of those Old things. Oscar. It's it's <laughs> other way around. Right. It's yeah. it's a it's a fun thing to do to learn yeah. how to the logs are. I, I had an experience with a friend of mine that uh, I was helping out move. Right. It was sort of like a, a first aid kind of thing. It's yeah. a friend of a friend. And they were like, oh, I'll help you move, whatever. We're moving all our stuff. And we got to the house. Yeah. And she didn't have her keys. Oh. She's trying to get a hold of the landlord. And you got all this she crap. Was, she was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Couldn't get in. We spent like half a day of getting the trucks filled yeah. with our stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, boy, do I even bring this topic up? And I was like, uh, do you have any bobby pins? Am I going to be the biggest creep she's ever met? I know. Or a superhero? She's just moving to a new place. Right. She just met me. Right. Am I going to be that guy that's going to help her out? It all depends on the the shit out of her. Impress the shit out of her. It all depends on the thickness of the mustache. That means that I'm able to get into her house. Right. Oh, she knows no locks she buys at this point is going to work. And I was like, oh, shit. But I I saw that she was kind of getting all teary and getting all stressed. I was like, just the way you like them. (laughs) Someone finds those bobby pins. A bobby pins, yeah. I go through her lock. Less than a minute, doors are open. It's like, here you go. And she wet him, didn't she? Yeah, that relationship <laughs> that, that, uh, that really didn't last long. It was like, yeah, that wasn't yeah. probably yeah. the best first impression. No, but, uh, no, I think you got James Bond points on that one. Yeah. But you helped her move. The romantic, they helped her move. The romantic Hispanic wore off, let's say. I know. I think at that really point fast, she was like, was like oh, mattress shit. first. <laughs> Mattress first. I'm gonna christen this place right now. Yeah. Let's see what other locks you can pop. Ooh, yeah. Let's get that mattress in. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Game on. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's really cool. I, I think that's a neat yeah. skill. Yeah. I think it's super cool. I. I don't. Uh, I can't do it. I've never even so tried. Don't draw any more locks. Let me know. And use I'll, the brute brute strength I'll method. Take the challenge. Here's a tie into the podcast list. Right. If you're a mechanical person. Yeah. It's a fascinating mechanical it really is. thing. And oh, conundrum. To manipulate it, yeah. it's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a yeah. neat... It's, it's a Rubik's Cube that yes. you exactly. actually... Exactly, yeah. Nobody yeah. ever put a Rubik's Cube on anything you weren't supposed to get into, but by God, I've seen plenty of locks. Well, I guarantee yeah. if you go to pick up a, a motorcycle cool and the steering column's <laughs> locked... And oh, believe... If you'd happened. like to get it loaded on your truck, this might be... Okay. Hey, you can pop a couple hundred bucks out of the cost. It's just like, well, you don't have the key, man. Yeah. Just like... I've had That's to put gonna cost me a lot of countless money. motorcycles into the back of pickup trucks with locked steering columns. Sure. And it is a fucking yeah. nightmare. It is, it's, it's like getting into a septic tank with a wild bear. By the time you <laughs> get that motorcycle <laughs> in the back of your pickup truck, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> By the time you get that bike in the back of your truck, you're sweaty. <clears throat> something's damaged on the bike. Sure. The truck's probably scraped up. It ain't cool. Solid, it's yeah. not cool. Like trying to move a motorcycle with a locked headset, it just sucks. It was a bad fight. It's a bad. Yeah. Fight. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty bad. You shouldn't see the bear because yeah, I've seen all kinds of damage get, and I've also seen people that got frustrated and tried to slam their steering columns oh, yeah. oh. to break it. And what you realize, or what you fail to realize, is the little fiddly bits in that lock are made out of brass. Yep. But you're not breaking those. No. You're breaking the steel pin right. that those things move. Mm-hmm. So the part you're trying to break is hardened steel versus steel. The little pins inside that you could drill out are 
molest otherwise, those are all made of brass. Yeah. Yep. But when the guy tries to just meat hammer this thing and just, just grabs the handlebars and yeah, slams them for all just, their work, yeah, it's just damaging everything. It's going to destroy everything. You know, bend, bend your steering forks, bend, bend everything, you know. So it's cool. Cool skill. We, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, good job, Oscar. Woo-hoo. Show and tell and a class Nerd. to boot. Yeah. Win for the Oscar. Oh, Chris oh, Smith's holding an envelope. Karnak says. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is? And the answer is? Gene Dixon, Moist, <laughs> Edgar Casey, <laughs> and Kate Smith. Oh, okay, shit. all right. Edgar Casey is the only legitimate one. And <laughs> the question is: name two mediums and an extra and large. Extra large. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh. So I got a cool thing in the mail today. Ah, uh, American. Do tell. <laughs> My personal. You're a citizen. Invitation to. To America, America, AARP. That is no. It, it comes in the same envelope as AARP. Well, yeah. it, it is the larger writing. It is the uh, the anti- antiquated Americans' writing plan. AARP. So there it is. In case anybody wanted to know, America. June wow. Third to eighth. Now, was, and, and there's pictures of happy people on here. There are. <laughs> and, and another thing that I was curious about: Have they removed the "you must have luggage" rule? It's mostly Harleys now. Is it really? It's horrible. Uh, Americade has now become yeah. Harleys? Because yes. Americade used yes. to be where Goldwings went to frolic. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. I did a count. I mean, a few years ago, I did that count. Yeah. And if you want to look at episode, whatever it was. Yeah. I keep a count of every bike that goes by me. And yeah. I, but last year, I saw like three Goldwings. Really? Riding. It was 95% Harleys. Okay. Yeah. So it's turned into a Harley Fest, mm-hmm. and the they used to have a really good, uh, like a like bunch of sh- uh, vendors. Yeah, they used to have a really good vendor section with a, right. a very uh, multitude of different vendors that catered to everybody. Yes, and last year it was back down to it was mostly like the halter tops and dream catchers. Right, it was like like the. Uh, <clears throat> Motor, like the motorcycle show we go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mostly Harley stuff, like crappy DOT clothes. DOT ponytail braids? Crappy clothes. Mm. But the one thing I must say is that the guy from National Cycle yeah. was here. The same guy does every show. Oh, he He's does every really show. Nice guy. The guy from yeah. National Cycle is really but nice But he guy. lives on the road. He, my, he yeah. must live on the road because... Right. Uh, so anyway, I saw him up there. I saw him here, and you know, I, I see him. That's at, what he does. He tours and goes to motorcycle shows. Show in Chicago. So this is June. I remember correctly. It's the first weekend of June in Lake George, New York. Correct? June third through eighth. Right. right? Lake yeah, George. It's pretty consistently. The riding yeah, is very nice, thing. but oh, it rains beautiful. every freaking yeah. year. Yeah. And it didn't it's, rain when we went. Uh, no. These pictures are all sunny and shiny. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, I don't know how they get all those sunny pictures because it always rains. The rain filter. I mean, you know what the grand prize is this year? Oh, I don't 2019 know. 2019 uh, Harley Davidson golf cart Scout 60 oh. motorcycle. I thought it was a perfect opportunity to give away a Harley Davidson golf cart. A chance to win sixty thousand dollars in prizes. <laughs> they were giving away a live wire, but there was only one. They want to give one away. The uh, that's that's a I mean that's a pretty cool event. How many how many people would that's you say shows wire. up to Lake George, uh, the Americade? Is that like a? I mean, are we talking about a two thousand, three thousand person? Oh no, it's thousand fifteen hundred. 
No, it's in tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. But the thing now... This is they, in the level of like what Daytona and Sturgis used to be. Yeah, but what they, what they do now, which is good, is right. that they have another show that's like 15 miles away. Okay. With like KTM and Zero and all the dirt bikes. And wait, 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 wait. Stuff. So you're saying that the same weekend... The same at the fifteen same time. miles away. Is it a couple vacation. days before? A couple days after? The, there's like a no. A, you can go. It's like that. The weekend. We that have the info right the here. Weekend. So they Steve do a trail riding component, a dirt component. Yeah, I, it's. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but you can go because because when I before I bought the Honda or the the Africa Twin, yeah, I rode one at that show, and they at said, hey, you want to take one for like we'll, we'll go out for a, a half a day. They'll let you ride one. For half a day on, on dirt. Well, hell. And go for lunch. They they buy you your lunch. It's really nice. I mean, so if you if you That's really amazing. Are, give them a little kiss behind the ear. That's fantastic. No, I, I didn't do that. I, I just mean, rode it and I <laughs> fell in love with it. So, yeah. I mean, I fell in love with the bike when I rode it and I right. wanted to buy one. But if you're interested in buying a bike, if you regardless of what you want to buy, a Harley. Right. And Harley's very good because what they do is they like. You sign up for it, and you're like, take this Harley yeah, out. Any, any Harley demo ride I've ever done is usually, here's the keys, now fuck off. Yeah. Right. And which is, which, and they have the biggest, they have the biggest demo section, and it's all by itself on the strip. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's, it's a huge demo section, and it's, it's very nice, and they're very, pol- I mean, they're super nice, not like oh, yeah. at the show where they're like, fuck off, we have to call corporate. Well, because, <laughs> because at that show, you have 50,000 people. 30,000 of them don't have motorcycle endorsements, right? That's the, that's the International Motorcycle Show's de rigueur. I mean, that's yeah. the way they are. Anyone I've ever worked with, well, anyone I've ever been to. to so right? probably and if you're it. at Americade, everybody's got a license because yeah. all those motherfuckers rode there, right? Whereas Or a trailer. Yeah, probably trailer. <laughs> they all have trailer, commercial vehicle licenses for the massive trailer. Right. Yeah. So I'm, but if you're in the, in the market for a bike... That's a good place to go ride. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good... Because you could ride Indian... Wow. Uh, well, when Victory was alive. Yeah. You know, you, they had Indian Victory, and that was like pretty much the second biggest okay. group. And they did it like you got a card, and you could just get in line. Well, it is called Americade, after all. Right. I mean, but Honda does it by scheduling. You right. have to schedule your ride. That's the way and, I remembered it, yeah. And the problem with that is that people get there at 6 in the morning and wait, and as yep. soon as the gate's open, they yep. run right to the Honda That's, booth. Yeah. And they take like a, like say the hot bike like at that time was the Africa Twin. Sure. So everybody booked the Africa Twin was booked all, all day, day yeah. f- just for the whole day, so yep. you couldn't get on one. Right. So what you do is you get a, a time and you just kind of hang out, and if somebody doesn't show up or whatever, and they, or they are afraid to ride or right. whatever, you could jump you can on and go in. for a ride. For, right. But you get on a rando bike, so right. it's like uh, what's that thing where you swipe? When you're dating, you're saying it's Tinder. Yeah, it's Tinder for you bikes. Mean it's like yeah. a grinder. It's well, like grinder, except for grammar. motorcycles. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's a cool thing. I mean, that's coming up. I think we got more momentum, by the way, on the uh, the Cleveland Moto uh, Overland Edition. So uh, I've called the location. I've called the spot. Mm. We're switching up the and uh, we're switching over to rye whiskey. Nice rye whiskey, rye whiskey, rye whiskey. Can you mix whiskey and tequila? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah of course, course you, can. you do. Yeah, yeah. They do it all the time. What happens every Once. time the Irish and <laughs> Irish and the Mexicans get together? I don't know. Uh, the pick locks. All I know is a roof might get put on this place. <laughs> <laughs> You're having whiskey. <laughs> So, <clears throat> I did, uh, I think we got it, 
I think everybody's happy with the last weekend in June. Okay. Yep. Weekend before 4th of July. Weekend before the 4th of July. Weekend before... <laughs> Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio. And uh, for people who want to know how this is going to play out, this is not a high-impact event. This basically requires you and your bike to drive, if you're from Cleveland, as much as two hours to get down to the... Uh, Clear... Clear Fork, Fork Adventure, Adventure Resort. Yeah, Clear Fork Adventure Resort. $20 gets you in the gate. Everything else after that is a la carte. Ammo. Or on the wagon, depending <laughs> on how you roll. Booze. Yeah. The, uh, they did say that they will have the bar, so the bar will be functional. They have no problem with as many... drink tickets? You know, with our 20 bucks? No. The first drink is free? I suggest the listeners listen to... Choctaw Bingo by James McMurtry, and you'll see what's going to happen down there. Oh, my God. I have no idea about this recording. Choctaw Bingo? What is this reference? All I know is 5,000 people just looked it up on their phone. Uh, And they decided not to come. And they know more than we do right now. So right now, the people who are listening to the podcast have more information than the people sitting around making the podcast. It's not live. James McMurtry. It's James McMurtry. Choctaw Bingo. Listen to that song, and you'll understand what's going to happen here. Okay. Well, I have... Yikes. Research will commence. In fact, we're going to hit pause on the recorder, we're going to listen to the song, and we're going to come right back. No, that's bullshit. We're not going to do that. But we'll just... It's all live. We'll just keep ourselves in suspension. The, uh... I predict nothing will happen to us, what we don't... Bye, Renee! Bye, Renee! What we don't do to ourselves. Do you see that half-gallon container she's carrying? Yeah, what's That's up all with maple syrup. She drinks a half a gallon of maple syrup every single day. Black milk? Brings her own. Yeah, brings Out of a her. black cow? That was vodka. Black gold Texas tea. Ooh. Uh, yeah, she's a maple syrup addict. We didn't know this until just recently. <laughs> she's been mainlining it. Yeah, she's in a weird smuggling operation between here and uh, St. Catharines. Yeah, you know, she's bringing it down. They got a submarine going across Lake Erie. Sweet. They keister it. Yeah, they, well, they do a little oh. keistering, yeah. But you can tell because they got the shakes. <laughs> and the drips. You keister more than a course. You keister in more than two, three liters of uh, Canadian Canada's finest. Ooh, you Pure. pay for it. Yeah. Oh, you do pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know, eh? Once you blow out that rear seal. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but, yes. God love her name. She where sits the hell through. She hits through the. She's she's in our gym, so you know we have a full workout center here at the shop. We have a full workout facility. Really, and so the whole time we've been here, bullshit about motorcycles. Employee is a happy employee. That's yep. right. We do have like Cleveland Moto, one of our work benefits package here. Part of our benefits package is we do have a fully laid out gym. That's why she looks all jacked up. Yeah, she does. She came out. Pumping her arms. She's all roided out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she got the deal. Why, why the rest of them look so flabby? Oh. I still haven't found this gym yet. <laughs> you know it's back there. It's somewhere. in the building somewhere. Who is this gym guy you're talking about? <laughs> like, Jimmy's been working here for years. We call him James. Yeah. The, uh, that's the Cleveland Moto Health Plan, right? There. It is. That's exactly it. Yeah, keep He's those scowling at you. Up, See those big heavy standards. plates that say "Rogue" on the side of them? That's your health plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If sweat you it out. Sick, you're screwed. Yeah. You feeling sick? Go sweat it out. We have sick days. Yeah. Just stay home. Right. That's, that's the way it works. Yeah, how many paid sick days do I get? Paid? What? You get unlimited free sick days. Go home. <laughs> Absolutely unlimited, unlimited sick free days. sick days. Don't even need to call. By the third day, we'll come look for you. The, uh, Check trunks. Oh, maybe. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay. Smell something funny. We know you're not coming. All right. Uh, okay. But, so on to, on to uh, 
that's our plan. So last weekend in June, if you're interested, on Saturday, we're going to roll out from uh, here or as close to here as we can get. Uh, we will coffee you and we will donut you on premises. Oh, you're not going to donut me. No, no I'm going to donut you. <laughs> I'm a, I might even. I'm going to jelly donut you. Ooh. <laughs> Is it filled? What's the difference between be. jelly and jam? Oh. <laughs> so. Right that joke the jelly. We can't jelly right. no, in jam pizza. Comes first. <laughs> jelly comes second. Oh, so, what about speed? God. So, what about speed? Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Bring your state own. routes. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to be going over 55. Okay. I would say that if you're on a 50 mile per hour bike, vintage scooter, whatever, um, you're going to be fine. Yeah. We are keeping the Mods versus Rockers moniker on there just mm. because why not? And we thought it'd be funny to do the Mods versus Rockers Overland Edition because everything with ADV now <laughs> is Overland, right? And we're going to an adventure park. Yeah. Is there, is there a little puddle that we can drive through to get the, oh. the splash? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. The official ADV splash. Yeah. There's yes. mud holes. Yeah. There's a river. Yeah. There's there's lots anything of you want. There, it's plenty of it. The twenty dollars is the trail fee. So right. for twenty dollars you can ride you have the trails. Access to everything. And then I think it's another twenty or twenty five dollars for camping. Right. So and that's can, about it. That's, that's all it. I'm going to have to put a snorkel <coughs> on my C70. No, you can rent a quad when you get there. Mm. I shits thou not. I think four hours is 200 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's, you can ride it like you quad. rented it. Right. Mm. You can rent a quad. <laughs> and so if you have never rented a quad before, again, there are places a Jeep can't go. And for that, you need a rental car, or in this case, a rental quad. Because, yeah, it's on their website, there's a picture of a guy in the middle of eating shit. On yeah. a rented quad. Yeah, we saw, yeah. That tells you where their head is at in this whole entire operation. So, but where their customer base is at. They almost expect it. They photographed it for fuck's sake, and they put it on the front page of their website. So. This is our usual customer. This is we're saying. We've set the standard this low. Did you talk right. with, was it a woman that you spoke yeah. with? Yeah. Very nice lady. Super sweet. Yeah. yeah well, super so sweet. And, and is it true that Steve's bringing the EMS bus? Probably, but what we're going to do is we're going to do a wagon train what, down there. Lactated ringers, was it? <laughs> yeah, lactated ringers, lactate, baby. But what we're going to do is we're going to go down the Thursday before with a wagon train of vehicles that we're going to leave there, and then I will have the van down there. We'll bring all the people back that wanted to dump vehicles at that location ahead of time. And trail cameras to for the, catch the action? Yeah, <laughs> in, in very secluded spots. The uh, and there are cabins you can rent. So there is a 16-person bunkhouse, and there is a 14-person bunkhouse, and then there are three private cabins. Turn out to be including a, a female <laughs> or a man. <laughs> including a what? There's a two-person little yes, house, house, which is like ninety-nine dollars a night. You know it would be nice to do though is like a cauldron of food. Huh? Oh, like a uh, everybody bring something to throw in, like old yeah. potluck. Yeah, absolutely. If no, somebody wanted to do that, cauldron and you yeah. throw who's, everything in that freaking who's cauldron. Got a paella pan. Well, that's what I was going to say. That like just a big paella pan. What about the sausages Oscar? and stuff? It's like purple jeans, dude. That's from Spain. Yeah. That's not Mexican. What are you talking about? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. It's Hispanic. No, no, paella is it's from romantic. Spain. It's not from Mexico. So, so yes. don't, don't, don't be. Hey, hey, hey! Are you calling me asshole? <laughs> suave. No, oh, no, Rico. Suave. Oh, man. I've, I've got a pretty good side cauldron. I mean, I think it would be good. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there, there's oh. nothing stopping Jesus anybody Christ. from cooking anything they want. Right. <laughs> and you can share. Yeah. Hey, she's back. Where's the honey? Nope. Maple syrup. Maple syrup honey. Well, it's honey. Ish. What is it? Maple syrup. Or it's maple syrup. It's, it's sweet. Freaking snowbacks. The, uh, 
Everybody likes a sugar daddy till daddy wants a sugar. Yeah. 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 Likes sugar <laughs> the, uh, okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, just for the fun of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> John Mecklefresh brought with him, for some strange reason, Yes. what can best be... I originally thought it was a sump pump, <laughs> because it's, it is rusty. It yeah. has barnacles on it. Yeah. And this is a, just a big fuck-off DC motor. That you've mounted a grinding wheel to. Well, uh, that was just for testing purposes. Right. Okay. You know, all right. All right. I don't know. This could go places. I just I I'll I keep have, the cheesy poos. Don't worry. I envision yeah. it like powering some stupid machine. Right. Right. That, that one could ride on. Yeah. Like an elevator. Now, what really <laughs> <laughs> is awesome about this is this has aircraft grade bearings in it. You can oh, and no. when you turn it on. When you turn it on, you can't even submarine grade. Bearings. You can't even hear it running. It's not on yet. That is smooth like nails on a chalkboard. Oh. Wow, that sounds like shit. Uh, <laughs> well, I put a lot of WD in it. I mean, it was stuck when I first oh, got geez. it. It was. Oh, really? Yeah, it took a while to get it going. That is a fucking torquey motor, though. Uh, this was out of a cordless battery operated lawnmower, <laughs> and it was like you said, it was twenty four volts. Yeah, it was running off of two batteries wired. Okay. In Probably series. slightly larger than a quart size can of paint. Yes, it is. I mean, yep. it's good. It's like starter motor size, maybe bigger than a starter it's motor. It's a big bigger. starter motor. Right. It's like a big alternator. It is. It's like a big yep. alternator. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I could use it. For, I don't know. I want to do something stupid with it. Yeah, and it's got a lot of toys. I mean, yeah, you can't, you know, with the, it has a little bit of a, a, a ring on it that you could hold on to. I had a leather glove, and it started smoking the glove. Like, yeah. I couldn't Jeez. stop it. So. Yeah, it's got, it's got serious fucking... If I put a pulley on that, and then, like, to a jack shaft, and right. a, you know, to a, to a wheel of any sort, you will go. It'll oh, yeah, move, you're going to go. You. That's not Little Tyke's power wheel shit. No, that's giddy up. No, in fact... <clears throat> and then I also have a stack... Of uh, deep cycle batteries, Oof, big okay. deep cycle. Right. So I'll probably just have like one big deep cycle battery and this. Rather than bringing the mountain to Mahabin, why don't we just garbage pick a little tykes like well, a power wheel? Yeah, I thought I started. Well, I started looking. I've been also, you know, they did the Barbie car. I saw it. So I've been looking for <laughs> pedal cars and stuff right. like that because right. I have motors laying around. Exactly. They have motors. Yeah. I have motors. Yeah. We have motors. We have motors. Right. Yeah. I thought about building something like that. You can put one of those See? motors in each. I'm Wheel and Steve had his hand up. No, I, I'm, I'm, this is off the subject, but we're sleepy cinch. Oh, we don't know. No, he's like in Florida. He, is he still in Florida? I, he was in Disney for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I, he, was, he was in Disney yeah, for poor, a minute. Poor I had, Sorry. Yeah. I didn't if mean I could find a uh, an older tracked <laughs> snowblower, yeah. I thought of making yeah. an electric yeah. Chrysler snowrunner, <laughs> some kind of thing like that. Yeah, that's a better idea than the gas-powered one, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's pretty cool. That, but I will say about that is, if you had to have for a job site, or you wanted to have a a pickup truck that had the ability to have some some like, there's no cordless grinder. You can't bring out Milwaukee's or Dewalt's finest handheld grinder and get that kind of torque out. Well, you could hook this right to the battery of the car. That's and what I'm saying. It could run all day, too. Right. Like the old Model T's we used to be able but to I, Interestingly <laughs> enough, I used this to sharpen a lawnmower blade. Oh, the irony of yeah. using I an electric used lawnmower. the lawnmower to sharpen the lawnmower Right, blade. exactly. Yeah. Of a gas-powered lawnmower. Yes. <clears throat> right, one that is still in service, being serviced by one that is out of service. Yeah. I had a junk one. Uh, I hit a stump with it. Yeah. 
and bent the blade, but then I put a new blade on it, and it still was a vibratory. Because you had yeah, like it literally yeah. was dancing across yeah, the floor. Just, oh, your crank had to be. So like, with, with the blade off, once I took the blade off, it was fine. But then once I put a new blade on, it went sure. right back to the. <laughs> like my hand still could feel it from only running it one minute. Like just trying to hold it in one spot. But you never had to change oil in that. I never had to change the Anybody want to play a game of Stump the Chumps for uh, troubleshooting a very simple one-cylinder, two-stroke motorcycle? It's pretty easy. It's a pretty easy one, but we'll throw it out to you. The bike in question is a two-stroke, mm-hmm. 200 cc's, mm-hmm. okay? Starts fucking great. One half of one kick, she's going, mm-hmm. okay? Take her out and run her, not real happy. Not real happy. In fact, fuel tap in the full-on position, mm-hmm. right? Fuel tap in the full-on position, <clears throat> not real happy at all. Kind of acts like it's getting too much gas. Run a little fat, mm-hmm. run a little sloppy. Flubbering. Right? Flubbering. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Blubbering. Flubbery. Smelling yeah. a lot of fuel. Right. And, and gas <laughs> kicking back out of the carburetor. Right? Is it idle? Gas kicking out of the carburetor. Yeah, kind of idle, but, you know, again, it's two-stroke, so you know, they don't idle great to begin with. So, the, uh, so yeah, it's idling. And uh, take it around, though, but every time I ride the thing, just, you know, it's not, it, it's fucking all over the place, you know, and, oh, fucking miserable. And uh, it's hunting around on the fuel tap, as you do, because first thing you want to check, make sure you get a good supply of fuel. Not too bad, you know, go to the on position, and uh, go to the reserve position, uh, not great either. Shut the fuel tap off, mm-hmm. and then, wow, you float. It gets great. I mean, like all of a sudden, it runs beautiful again yeah. until it's out of gas, right? Mm-hmm. Until it's out of gas. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Well. so we know that when there's a good fuel supply, it's flooding out. Mm-hmm. But float. when there's less than a good fuel supply, she's running optimally until she doesn't anymore. So right. she's actually out of gas. Okay, good. That's that's a hint. Okay, that's a hint. <clears throat> Uh, take it around the neighborhood, and then bring it back here, and just cannot get the thing to deliver a good, a good roll on of power, even on the center stand, even on the <clears throat> item, I, uh, even you know no no load. It will not give a nice room room. It always breaks up and sputters and everything. And if you you come off With the, the gas, fuel tap off. No fuel tap on. Fuel tap on. And if you take the air filter off, take the air filter off, you do see quite a bit of gas kind of exiting the carburetor. And uh, it's not a super high state of tune. Don't get your head around the idea that this motor's like crazy, crazy overtuned. It's not. So your symptoms are excessive gas leaving the carburetor, not running great with full fuel delivery, not running great pretty much any time. Take away some of the fuel. She runs beautiful. Okay? And now, here's the wild card. When you rev the bike up, you get a grinding sound where the flywheel, which has a metal fan on it, Mm -hmm. interfaces the flywheel cover. So basically, if you keep your eye on the motor very carefully, when you're revving it, you will actually watch what appears to be the flywheel moving. I mean, not a lot, but just enough to get it to touch the inside of the flywheel cover. 
Anyone got a guess? Did you get any backfire at any point? It, it doesn't run good enough to backfire. I mean, okay. yeah, we're not getting a, we're not getting a backfire from yeah. Somebody changed the crank in a Vespa or a Stella and didn't put the spacer sleeve on it. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Is a thrust bearing? I, and for the record, it's, it's the bike in question is a Lambretta. Okay, that's just, so it does not have. Do they, have two, do they have two crank bearings? Yes, they do. Is I mean, when you first started, bearing? the first thing when you first started talking about it, I thought seals. No, they're both plain bearings. They're both plain yeah. bearings. When you said that it ran good with the gas off, <laughs> I thought float bowl. Right. It's yep. o- it's overfilling right. the float yep. and it's, right. it's flooding. Oh yeah. Right. But then when you talk right. about the crank moving, yeah. then that tells me bearings and back to seals. Yeah. And you're exactly right. That's what it should have been. It's crazy. So but, but it wasn't a loose flywheel. <laughs> so it turns out. After I took the carb apart, <coughs> after Sparky took the carb apart, after we checked for every known form of spark, thumbs up on all those items, and we checked the big nut on the end of the crank that holds the flywheel on, and that was all good. I was missing the washer. Decided to take the flywheel off. No, the washer's present. Turns out... Uh, Woodruff the key. Woodruff key had been smeared yes, yes. because yeah. the taper on the crank, so inside the flywheel, there is a taper machined into it. And there is a cut in that taper <coughs> that is used to locate the Woodruff the key. Woodruff key. Yep. <coughs> now, here's the important thing about Woodruff keys. Woodruff keys are not made out of the hardest metal known to man. In fact, they shouldn't be. They drift. <coughs> Well, it's not spelled that way, but Woodruff is W-O-O-D-R-U-F-F. Woof. Woof. Woodruff keys. But here's the thing about a Woodruff key. A Woodruff key should never actually be locking. It's not like when you pin a crank and the pin is going to be keeping the crank from No, it should be able to move along the... Yeah, the idea behind a Woodruff key is a Woodruff key is there to locate zero degree timing. Because it is important for your flywheel... To be timed, if your flywheel contains the trigger and the magnets, what for making of the power and telling the spark when, when it's they, go boom. Right. It should right. also shear before the crank shears. Exactly. So. And right. that's why it's very important that woodruff keys be made of a softer metal. And basically what a woodruff key looks like is if you took a nickel. <laughs> John's trying to do welding over here. If you took a nickel and cut a nickel into three sections you'd have a left side that had a, a curve like a little bit of the moon, mm-hmm. a right side had a curve like a little bit of the moon, and then a big flat part in the middle that was good for nothing. Well, those moon-shaped curves would be woodruff keys. Right. And I have seen people do that to make a woodruff key. Is to cut a nickel? Cut a nickel really? or cut a quarter or use a cut washer. Because, again, this is the important thing. A woodruff key does not carry any weight. A woodruff key doesn't... You, can, you cannot use a woodruff key. But your fucking taper and the machine surface that your taper runs on Mm -hmm. needs to be perfect. That's what holds all of the load. That's what holds this resistance to the friction. The friction, exactly. The the conical shaft and the the cone in the... Correct. So we have a, a machined cone on the crankshaft itself, and we have a machined inverse of a cone in the inside of the flywheel. And I did not know this until I looked it up. But it is thousands upon thousands of pounds of force are exacted on each other when you have these two machine surfaces 
being held in place by nothing more than 32 foot-pounds of torque on a M, nice. right, on an M12 or M14 bolt. So that bolt loosens up. So imagine what happens when some jackass on a snowmobile puts a fucking gadugadug on it and fucking goes... And this is exactly where the story goes. And that's why this is a tech tip as well. Why do you read the torque specs? And here's why you read the torque specs. Because what had happened in this case is that a previous owner of this vehicle thought that the correct torque to put the nut on that holds the flywheel onto his bike was a whole lot. Right? Like jam a wooden object or a screwdriver handle into the flywheel, put a two-foot breaker bar on a, you know, half-inch drive ratchet, and then fucking lay on her. 30 is good, 60 is better. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a reason there's torque specs in these things, and here's why. Because it turns out the mechanical force that you generate when you turn a nut against a bolt is on the order of thousands of pounds of force, even though you're only putting on 30 pounds of torque. You're stretching the bolt. You're stretching the threads in the nut. We've all done it when we put a little too much torque on something and that nut turned to liquid and all of a sudden it became, it was no longer a nut, it was a spacer, right? It was a bushing. Well, also what will happen in this particular case is that the crank itself stretched. So by using that much torque, what they had done is the crank had stretched. They're lucky they didn't pull the threads or like strip. No, no, that was the first. This is the tale of three oh. mechanics. So the first mechanic or person who calls himself a mechanic over torqued it. So he over torqued it and put everything back together. Probably when he did the initial tune on the motor or whatever. The first time, the first time the flywheel was taken off the crank when it left the factory. <clears throat> so that guy got away with it. He did. I mean, he totally got away with it. He he wasn't. Uh, he did not think that he had done anything wrong, per se, but he fucked the next guy. Yeah. So what happened with the next guy is, he had the bike for a couple of 300, 400 miles, was riding it around, and what happened is the flywheel became so loose, the, the nut, that had a star washer on it, mm-hmm. which aren't great, right? That nut backed <laughs> off because he had already damaged the threads mm-hmm. from over-torquing it the right. first time. So now this guy's riding around, enjoying life, and his flywheel starts doing the dance. So the crankshaft's there, but the flywheel is not seated the way it should be because the bolt is no longer, the end of the crank, which is now a bolt with threads, is no longer holding things together the right way. So the flywheel is now actually using the Woodruff key, which should never fucking happen. That means every time they accelerate and any time they brake or any time they shift gears, that... Minning, that spinning four pound or five pound or six pound flywheel it's on the is going faster and slower than the crank. The biggest problem is that channel though in the crank. <coughs> exactly. You get damaged by that Woodruff key being you got it. Uh, torqued. You got it. And what happened in this particular case is it rolled the Woodruff key. You rolled it into the flywheel? It, it rolled the Woodruff key. So it, it sheared the Woodruff key, but created, of course, what used to be the Woodruff key being sandwiched between the now four degree or five degree rotated flywheel, right? So the timing and the crank. Off by... Timing's off by quite a bit. I've, I've... Hey Nick, how you doing? 
It, ha- it happened to me. On- <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. We're talking about flywheels and woodruff keys and, and, and that's tapers. Why, that's why I was asking if it backfired because it yeah, happened to me exactly the same thing on the yeah. P two thousand, the P two hundred when I when I got the two ten kit on it, ah. and I didn't go all the way up to spec, and I sheared the woodruff sheared key the woodruff flat, key. just went through, cut it straight off, start backfiring yeah. because the timing was all fucked right. up because the flywheel rotated. It, it was, right now, I said this was a tale of three mechanics. Ooh, Uh-oh. we've only gotten to mechanic number two. Oh. So mechanic number two looks at the situation. What do you think he does? Runs. A new woodruff no. Clean it up. Cleans he gets a new woodruff key, new... right? He cleans the broken woodruff key out of there, yep. digs it out of the, of the groove, you know, the woodruff key, the keyway that's cut into the crank, digs that out. Usually you have to use a little tweaker mm-hmm. screwdriver mm-hmm. and a little hammer, and you can Just tap, 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 and yep. knock it out. Puts in a new woodruff key into the now slightly molested woodruff keyway that's in the crank. Yeah. Does what he's supposed to do, cleans up the inside of the flywheel, cleans up the outside of the crank, Darks you know, a little bit, lines everything up super careful this time, and he installs the flywheel, puts on a new star washer, and puts on a nut. We don't know whether or not the nut's new. I'm going to say the nut's still original. Okay. Torques everything down to what he believes to be the correct torque. I'm, I'm not faulting him at this point. No good thing, because actual torque measurement. The correct torque. I'm going to assume that mechanic number two wasn't a complete fucking hack. Okay? I'm going to assume that he went, oh, shit. I know what happened. Woodruff key, right? Yep. And then hands the bike off, or in this case, sold the bike to its new owner. Ah. Okay. <clears throat> now the guy's got the bike. He rides the bike. Rides the bike for hundreds of miles. Absolutely no problem. Presents it to our shop with those symptoms that you just heard about. Turns out, if you are going to do this, you have two issues you need to worry about. One is the taper on that crank. All that area where that Woodruff key folded into is no longer NASA spec smoothness. It ain't. If there's any blemishes on there at all, if there's any high spots, and remember that a, a land is just as bad as a groove. You know, when you're looking at getting a mating surface that is going to carry tons of force, having a blemish in there, having a pockmark is really, really bad. It's got to be mirror polished on both sides. Having this giant area that's about one-eighth of the surface area, the entire taper, it means you're never going to hook up. You're never going to get a good mechanical interface, no matter how clean you make it. So, do you put on your best pair of, you know, uh, stamp collecting glasses and 26 power vision and get out there with your extremely high powered diamond file and work that thing like a jeweler's work to, you know, the ruby out of Omar Khayyam? You're taking off, sir. You're taking off. Exactly. Exactly. You can't fix it. You have to get it metalized. Go ahead, Justin. Steve, you've answered three of them. I take a piece of 400 grit sandpaper. Wrap around there and put the flywheel on okay, it. Okay, this is the hillbilly. This is the hillbilly supreme right there. You take four hundred percent, four hundred grit. What for used on metal, not wood? Metal. You know, and you use that, and you make a and gasket. The, it, well, yeah, it, you make this, a spacer. When, when you crunch it yeah. together, yeah, <laughs> the the, yeah. Kernel, the crystals of yeah, they, yeah. They, it, it, it will keep. And it from then spinning. you spin that crank like a son of a bitch. Yeah. And you make a polishing machine. 
No, uh, that's not. Well, you could do that. Except oh, yeah. it, motor won't. Well, you could spin the crank. Oh, I spin the crank just. Yeah, fine. If I was gonna do, if I want to do that, okay. Yeah. So I've done that with diamond. Okay, so like if you have the small end of a crank. Yep. Sometimes the uh, the wrist pin gets galled and doesn't want to go in and out. So I'll take What's a socket it? that's Wait, just a little bit. Visual again. Yeah, the visual is the. the I'll take a the, socket that's, that's a, a manual digital interface. Is that I'll, talk, I'll take a socket that's just Shot a little smaller and put diamond lapping paste on <laughs> and yep. hone that. Well, you're only yep. using one so you could do that. Okay. I, I would maybe do that with and diamond what are you lapping. Use, what are you going to use to hone out the inside of the flywheel? I would use. I would take. That's got a big old groove in it. No, I would take. Where the lapping, you put the flywheel, right. hold the flywheel on the crank, spin yep. the crank, and lap them together. Right. Would be the... Go ahead, Steve. But that's not I, what I was talking about. I, I was talking about actually just leaving a piece of sandpaper in place. Yep. Oh. And oh, no. Them. Giving yourself all the friction on planet Earth. Like a shimmer. Torquing the fucker down, yeah. just like you used to do on your handlebars on your car, oh, yeah. on your bicycle. Oh, yeah. Since this is not my bike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would follow, I would do what John said and right. use 400 grit sandpaper. Yeah. And I would put a thin layer of uh, epoxy, yeah. like that 18,000 PSI epoxy. The whole on idea there. is if you can't Red hold lock- it with mechanical tension, you hold it with chemical tension. Red so lock No, yeah, red epoxy, oh. not so much to, yeah. I mean, a, a super thin layer, <coughs> just so that all mating services are touching. Right. So I have used not, glue. not as a bonding agent, no, but filling. as a, yeah, as a filler. filling agent. I have used super glue on nuts and bolts on Lake Erie loop bikes. Yeah. Because I didn't have Loctite, so yep. I'm like, eh, I'll use super glue. Exactly. And guess what? Those fuckers don't, don't want to come loose no yeah. matter what. Heat them, whatever. They were like, <laughs> so they it will actually hold a lot so of shit. Here it turns out, when you get to mechanic number three, whose sign is above our door, uh, that we looked at all that. You know, we do the demo, right? We went out, and of course, I... We did everything. We thought carburetor problem. We thought timing problem. This bike's got a real nice advanced and retard timing system built into it. It's really a sharp. I would I would want to really run it good build. I'd want to run it as retarded as possible because advancing is going to make that one a bust. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, here's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. It turns out. After all that. After all that. And the ideas that we had about polishing things and cleaning things up and whatever. If you just give up on the flywheel nut, the nut that was on it, and you know that that is supposed to be an M10, uh, M12 by 1.50, mm-hmm. so you go to your hardware drawer and you grab an M12 by 1.50, and you try to put it onto the crank, and then you realize it doesn't work because threads have been damaged, stripped, they've been stretched as a result of these previous torque adventures that anything you do with that taper isn't going to fucking matter. I need to know which scooter this is. So it's this a is a Lambretta. It's a Lambretta. Is it a TV175? No, it's a two it's a like it's, a, it's like a GP200. Is it silver? No. It wasn't a silver <laughs> Jubilee. <laughs> You've never seen it. Oh, I mean Jack, I mean Ryan and I fucked with one really hard one time. And, I, and, I'm like, yeah, down, like, and that's why I'm bringing it up for the podcast because we've been down this road before. But here's the important thing. Let what a mechanical taper has held together let no man interfere with, because you will never get it right. No matter how many times you think you're going to get it right, the best you're going to get it is enough. Enough for now. 
You're not going to get it enough to be good forever. Kick the can down the road. Kick the can down the road is exactly what it's called. Or check At, the torque spec on it. And, and that's why it's in the handshake. Or take it down to mid-Ohio. Well, and that's, and that's exactly <laughs> No, no the, the, correct, the correct answer is rebuild the motor, right. put a new crank, and this a new is, flywheel. Yes. The, the correct answer, the, the answer that we had to give our customer is this. The reason this bike ran poorly for you wasn't because it needed a tune-up. It wasn't because the carburetor was malfunctioning. It wasn't because the advanced and retard electronic ignition system was not correct, working correctly. It wasn't because the jetting was off. It was because of mechanic it, one and two. It was because of mechanic one and two, and it's because somebody at a very early stage... Monkey fucked it. Over-torqued it and over-torqued the shit out of it. And actually, it's the ultimate irony that over-torquing it caused the flywheel to become loose in the first place, which sheared the woodruff key. So this is a great example of if the book says 38 foot-pounds of torque, you use 38 foot-pounds of torque. And using 50 foot-pounds of torque may actually stretch a piece of metal you didn't want to stretch or may compress a piece of metal that was never meant to be compressed that tight. And this comes into play a hell of a lot when you're talking about rotational mass in motors. The things that hold the end of cams on, the things that hold the end of cranks on, the reason they have torque specs is because they are designed to be lined up in a certain configuration in the motor, and then as that motor lives on for years and years and years, they're not supposed to pull left or right. They're supposed to stay in their relationship in that linear stack, one, two, three, four, five, six, whether it's bolt, shim, case, bushing, bearing, crank, all the way down the line. You could have the interface of several fasteners, several bushings, several washers, spacers, before you even get to the fucking crank. And that's on both sides, because most cranks are supported in at least two places, and then are held in place in at least two places. Go ahead. Buy a small torque wrench. Yeah. And a big torque wrench. Yeah. yeah. Because the big torque wrenches yeah. are useless for that small they stuff. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you, yeah. in the absence of having a torque wrench, like for tappets, yep. what I say is if you hold just the head of the, the ratchet, yes, that's 10 foot-pounds. And that's typical. Like if you just oh yeah, yeah. If you finger, use your t- right, right, use yeah. your fingers on the head of the ratchet right. without using the yeah. handle on a three eight inch drive ratchet ratchet. If you're just, just holding twist the head, it with your not the handle at all. It's eight to ten foot pounds. Yeah. Of right. If you hold it with your hand parallel to the end of it, I mean, it also depends on okay. your strength. Right. Well, yeah, that's could that's approximately thirty to forty foot pounds of torque. Right. So then you vary between ten and. 40 at yeah. the end. I mean, if you have to guess. If you have to guess. But if you're into a motor, you better have a torque wrench. You should never, ever have to use anything bigger than a 3 inch wrench on almost ever. anything. No. Go ahead. Some comments on it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the bike, but yeah. what, could I, what could have happened yeah. is if he chunked the piston, if it blew up. Right. So even if you had it torqued right, mm-hmm. once it's you chunk the piston... Mm-hmm. It goes from eh, right. and then stops. It, stops. it usually spins oh, the flywheel. Oh, it usually fucks the Woodruff key there. So then you yeah. right. then and yeah. then usually the the nut is made to tighten itself down more. Right. It mm. tightens in the it's same direction. Right. So that does you, a lot of damage. Thread. So the first person maybe took it apart after he, yeah. after, after it blew he up. It. Yeah. Hard seized it. And then you take it apart and you slap it back together, but you haven't smoothed things out because right. then you torqued it down onto the high spots that were in there. Yeah. And so it seemed tight at the time, but after it moves around a little bit, 
the, the little high spots wear away and then it gets loose again. Like that's, once you've got anything that's ever supposed to be a mechanical taper, once it's galled, once it's in any yeah. way damaged, you pretty much got to think that the rest of your life with that thing is going to be hell. Yeah. My uh, my Vespa when I rebuilt it, I actually stuck the crankshaft in a lathe and I I reground the taper. Oh, you did! Uh, you guys oh, are so oh, fucking oh, proper. Oh, this guy can like big yeah, locks. No. I just drill them out. He's oh, using wow. a damn lathe. He's using a damn lathe. Oh, he's using a taper. I threw a piece of sandpaper and fucking Loctite it. Yeah, no shit. But that is and that's and this is a particular. I mean, it's a little bit of a sporty motor for being a Lambretta 200. It's got a kit on stuff like that, but. Just the same. The symptoms that presented itself would have had anybody chasing their tail on carburation and electronics for ages. And the worst thing was when you take the flywheel off. Well, the flywheel's there and it's present and it's you know it's where it should be. Well, it's but it's hammering and that's the problem. It's hammering that mower. It yeah. didn't want to start right. It was kicking back, mm-hmm. so I know that I spun the flywheel on that. Yeah. But it would still, it was still run and everything. Yeah. But yeah. it's really interesting. I mean, that's really interesting. So, or if you had a tranny problem, or like somehow locked up and stopped the motor. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, anytime, anytime you get a piston that's moving at the equivalent of ten, like two thousand miles an hour. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, like the piston travel speed at seven thousand RPM is, is just shocking. Up and down a hundred times at a second or something yeah, like that. Right. It's Why is there a sonic boom when they run? Oh, good question. That's well, don't you hear the sounds coming out the tailpipe? <laughs> Those are nothing but it goes boom. All my bikes are quiet. <laughs> but I oh, will yeah. say, speaking of quiet, there is a what? <laughs> hold on, yeah. Listen to the sound of cheesy noodles being forced. <laughs> <clears throat> but I had to ride this bike around the neighborhood yesterday. We had a beautiful day. We had sixty yeah. degrees and gorgeous yeah. yesterday. Yep. And this bike has a pipe on it that came out of England. Oh, hammer zombie. <laughs> Something this like that. Pipe, this pipe might as well be called, like, you know, the kilted bastard. It's just like the, 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 the fuck you pipe. It's just fucking, it is the loudest, angriest, pure expansion chamber theory. It's like haggis for your ears. Oh my god, it's so bad. This bike only sounds, look, it only sounds good at like 6,000 RPM, 7,000 RPM. This bike sounds amazing. If there was a way you could only keep it six or seven thousand RPM forever, put an automatic in it. But if you're not at six or seven thousand RPM, this thing sounds like a metal skeleton jacking off a steel drum. It's like the Terminator is stuck in a steel drum and he's not happy about it. This thing makes all the two-stroke noises. Now, I live in a neighborhood called Avon Lake. It's very Ooh, quiet there. Yeah. I can hear the water lapping against the shore. Birds tweeting. Exactly. <laughs> they cut down your trees. They cut down they our trees. Soccer them moms talking to their cell phones. Squirrels now, crying. Now, <laughs> we're in a part of Cleveland called Cam's Corners, West Park. This is a working class neighborhood. This is a little more industrial over here. We have places, we have mechanic shops and automotive shops and motorcycle shops. Smedley's. Smedley's. <laughs> we got a lot of shit going on around here, right? Shop. And that's shit right there. <laughs> Right. But I had to test ride this bike yesterday for about 30 minutes through various different states of not running great. So I put on my jacket, I put on my helmet, and I put on all my gear to go out and ride this black Lambretta around. And I had my Stig helmet on, which is the all-white helmet with the mm-hmm. purely mirrored-out visor. And I'm running around the neighborhood. And uh, I saw a lady you know, up ahead of us walking her dog on a beautiful sun, you know, 60-degree day, a free bonus day from God. 
People are cleaning all the trash out, their yards and stuff, because winter, this little break from winter they got. It's a really nice day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And here comes old fucking two-stroke Timmy. <laughs> and then stalls it. Did you have a sweater on? I had a fucking biker jacket on like a man, you know? But I stall it because it's all running all fucked up. And I'm playing with the fuel tap in different positions. So I stall it. Change fuel tap position because, you know, you're learning things. You're testing things. You're diagnostic things. Annoying the neighbors. And I'm kicking it, kicking it, yeah. kicking it, kicking it. And this lady with her dog is getting closer mm-hmm. and closer. Now, she was far away. Oh, man. She's closing in on and me. And she's closing in on me. She's in the dog saying, I'm not going up there. Yeah. And she just keeps walking because she's, you know. What kind she's, of dog was it? I don't know. She's lived through a war or two, you know. But <laughs> Uh-oh. She, she's walking up, and I'm, I give it, like, the third kick or the fourth kick, and I'm trying a different fuel tap position. Also, because... When previous mechanics install fuel taps, they don't always install them according to mm. the Haynes manual, right? Sometimes on, off, and reserve orientation. rotate. <laughs> or yeah, some things can be lost in translation. And this bike had a long-range fuel tank in it. So. Or you buy cheap t- fuel taps, and they have on, off, and no reserve. And no reserve, exactly. And you right. think, oh, I'll throw it to reserve. No, that's, that's off. off. Yeah. That's an extra off. That didn't quite get drilled all the way through. <laughs> well... So on my fourth or fifth kick, which had her to within cane throwing range, <laughs> she'd been formulating her argument as she. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. And on the fourth or fifth kick, the bike lit up. Oh, perfect. So the bike lit up, but of course, you know, if you've ever worked with a two-stroke, it doesn't just light up and you drive away. You gotta make sure it's gonna run when you get away. Otherwise, the first time you let the clutch out, out you gotta clean it out, wind it up. Yeah, you gotta clear that chamber out a little bit because that's all full of the raw gas that caused it to die in the first place. So she's now within fuck you range and I'm doing this. And she waits. She stopped. Her dog is trying to go the other direction with all of its power. No, the dog is like 12 and a half pounds, and it's digging four trenches trying to get the fuck away from me. But she's holding her ground. So I I get it up to the point where I consider it to be a reliable enough (laughs) idol that I can let the clutch out and get away from her. And she looks up and she's like, that's why we hate you! Uh. As I drove away. And I realized... She knows where the shop is. She knows where the shop is, even though we're two blocks away. Yeah. So, so I've been in similar situations where just people are just annoying. Yeah. What I do, I pull the choke, so I have extra little puff. A little on, extra smoke for on the pipe. Yeah. A little extra smoke. Yeah. A little extra for bike riders. A little extra fuck you on the side. <laughs> so then, that's why we hate you. And then I had to complete my test ride. So I, you know, I went around a couple of streets. You know, again, determining what's going on. And uh, I, I haven't been the same since then. Well, I can tell you something that I've learned about hating people. Yeah. And you're not the reason she hates you. Well. She's the reason she hates you. Okay. All right. Well, once it. I think she let her keep that hate. I, uh, Thank yeah. you, Buddha. I rode, I rode around the rest of the test drive trying to make the bike quieter. Oh. <laughs> Which can't be done. Yeah. <laughs> On a performance two-stroke with a pipe with an expansion chamber bigger than my head. Hey, was it daylight? It was. 
Fuck it. <laughs> it's fucking daylight, it's, dude. It's, it's not midnight. It's she's not trying man. to sleep. Right. No. It's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was like, yeah, she's but out with Fluffy. She has the privilege of not having to be at work when you this do. This bike I mean, is so loud that... Random the oh fuck! Oh, the average Harley going down the fucking streets way louder than random that. homeless chainsaws were running out of their garages trying <laughs> to <laughs> join the mothership. You know, fuck like that dogs bike. barking. Oh they all, man, they all yeah. lit up. Oh, the they did. They're just like, I can make that noise. It's always the person with the little dog that's terrified of yeah. noise. Yeah. that yeah. fucking is a yippy yapping Ooh, fucking dog. Yep, yep. And rather than them acknowledge the oh. fact that their dog is a fucking yippy fucking, the same thing happened to me. <laughs> I got a guy who lives across the street. <laughs> He's called the cops on me. And if I'm out there for more than five minutes trying to tune something right. up, yeah. fucking cops are going to come. And they're like, hey, John. Hey. The guy's guy hey, went to the academy. <laughs> well, I went to the academy with the guy. I'm like, hey. You know why like, we're here. We didn't see anything. The dispatch is like, so is he running the KLR or the uh, CB160? Which it hasn't happened is? in a while. Can you hold your phone out the window? I want to know which bike he's running. Yeah. Oh, we go again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's running a vintage Honda. We're not going to come out for a vintage Honda. <laughs> If it's not a two-stroke, you can deal with it on your own. As long as it's not running when they get there, it's like, no, we didn't hear nothing. Right, right. I, I totally get it. I did have a guy, I think, two blocks away, ride his bicycle over to fucking bitch me out. Really? I told him to go fuck himself. So have you, though, ever experienced the moment? Have you ever experienced the moment, anybody in this room, Call when you fuck. were the asshole and you knew it? Nope. And you felt bad about it? I did. I had on a bike. More than once. On a motorbike. Yes. The It was 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh. I had had my annual housewarming party. And my friends were all at my house. We were raging. I decided to start the motorcycle up that was in between my house and the neighbor's house. Oh, my God. The neighbor is a 50, 60-something-year-old couple that lives there. Right. Their kids have grown and left. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and he stuck his head out, and over the sound of the motorcycle, I heard, John, shut the fucking thing up and go to bed. <laughs> oh, and so I was like, you well enough to know your name. Uh, like, oh yeah, we were yeah. we were kind of friends up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, ooh, Mister Masterson, oh, ooh, Mister, Mister Masterson, oh shit. Oh, oh shit! I'm like, oh god damn it! It's, what time is it? Oh shit! I am fucking being an asshole. Yeah, god you damn. are. Yeah. Was it Mrs. Masterson made him get out of bed to do that? Yeah, oh. I, I shut the shit off. I rent. I scurried in the house. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking. That wasn't cool. I could... Oh my god! And so I saw the him the next day, day and yeah. he's like, "Sorry, you had to meet my brother Dan." <laughs> oh, <laughs> so he was. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, uh, that wasn't me. That was my brother Dan. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, 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 Here's I, a case of beer. All right. Yeah, we were okay. Extremely sorry. Has anybody else realized that? Well, that was you were just the, the first time. I still have like four others. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let her get around the table. Once. <laughs> oh, last weekend. Two <laughs> <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right AA. after the podcast at an AA meeting. No, we were riding the trike around the garage. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at two in the morning, I ran through my brother's garage door. Yes. <laughs> From the inside out. Was this when you were riding the tri- in the trike? Yeah. You're riding the truck <laughs> yeah. at 2 in the morning yeah. in a garage, yeah. gasoline-powered. Yeah. Oh, that was we, you in the video? That was my brother. That was his brother. We were taking turns. We're trying to drift it through. You're there. drifting a trike I saw in that. a Lakewood garage. I no, no, no that's my brother's garage. Oh. garage. That was a big garage. It's, it did look I like thought it was cars, a YouTube meme. You got to call us. We you. can bring some shit over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact you're everybody. I love that you're trying to drift. 
Oh, we in were the garage. we were drifting out of it. I just were. was off a little by two in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We had the first session about ten. Then we did. We actually got some work done. We were turning some, some wrenches and stuff, <laughs> and then some beers. And then the beers, and then we got the work done. And we were like, let's have another go. And bad idea. Fucking clear. So, <laughs> so how bad's the garage? Sorry, though? Tim. Um, it was repairable. It just <laughs> <laughs> so is the fucking Titanic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> punched out the uh, two bottom panels. Really? About oh. six or eight inches, I think. Metal or wood? Metal. Oh, good. Good, yeah. It he didn't got... kink it, it just bowed it. Yeah, pulled yeah. the rollers out of the yeah. track on both sides. Yeah. yeah. It's easily repaired. Yeah. At 2.15 in the morning. He'll probably yeah, leave them. No. You just got on the outside and you back your car into it. Right, back your car into it. Just the right. Oh, Oscar, man. you've never pissed off your neighbors, have you? Uh, not here in the States, no. <laughs> not oh. here in the States. So you have pissed off your neighbors. Yeah, but it's just for shits and giggles. I just I just didn't, don't like my neighbors. On Mexico. purpose? Okay, yeah, I like yeah, this. Yeah. I like where you're going with this. Usually just smoking them out and just, just being kind of an ass. Okay. Just, 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 Nick, you've never pissed off your neighbors. Um, well... <laughs> <laughs> not on a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, tell yeah. me about your car. I know your car doesn't have it a muffler no, on. No, not on, not the car either. I've pissed off my neighbors by building a fire, and apparently it smoked up her house. So. Uh, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good she's one. She's dead yeah. now. But. Steve, you probably your neighbors just fucking hate you. <laughs> you ever seen his? Oh, you're very quiet. Yeah. You you do. <laughs> I really. I, you probably did. You ever have a? I know now you're a quiet person. <laughs> I can tell you the one the one time I was an asshole. The one time. The one time. The very only time I was an asshole, I had a 1980 500R. That'll do it. That'll do it right there. That was a wheelie machine. That was the blast. I could ride a wheelie forever on that thing. And it was, a, I mean, power wheelies were like nothing. You yep. Twist the throttle a quarter and you're up, up, you know, one wheel. It was up. meant to be on one wheel. So I was in, I was where I worked for a pharmacy in Euclid, and I was. Riding wheelies in the park. The pharmacist was late. And so all the people that worked at the pharmacy and me were sitting there. I'm like, I'm, I'm bored as hell. So I'm riding wheelies through this parking lot. I'm just riding wheelies back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And this cop comes, you know, right up to me and he stops and he's like, you got to stop riding wheelies. I'm going to write you a ticket for failure to control. And I'm like, I've got excellent control. control. I've got <laughs> excellent. And it just so happens that the cop was the brother of one of my friends oh. whose he was a cop his dad was a was a cop and the, the grandfather was the captain like he was the head guy okay so the whole family was in the cops except my friend was more into uh some of this so anyway he told me to stop and he said we're at the perkins i'm with my dad and i'm with my grandpa and the rest and of the everybody in Perkins is looking at us, because looking at you, doing wheelies yeah. back and forth across the parking lot and expecting us to do something about it. Just you put him in an awkward place. So I said, man, I don't want to get you in trouble. Right. I said, I'm, you know, I, I was just waiting. The guy didn't show up. I'll stop right now. And that was it. And, <laughs> I mean, he knew me because I, I knew his brother. I mean, I was yeah. graduated with his brother. So 
But I wasn't trying. I guess I wasn't a jerk, but I was just but, I mean, fucking off. Has, so. So at that point, did you have that feeling though that I'm the asshole feeling? Oh yeah, because what Cause I'm I didn't want to make him. Feel, I didn't want him to look bad. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. want the that I mean, feeling. Man, make a cop look bad. That feeling is when you know job. you're an adult. That feeling is when you you buy. That's when you like buy better quality gear. That's when you know that you wake up one morning and you're like, "Oh, my body hurts," or you wake up one morning and you realize. You know, I should I should really get my finances in order. But you you know wake up one morning, and you're like, I just, "Go ahead." The reason he was late is because he drove one of those stupid Lacars. Oh well, yeah. Renault. <laughs> That's like not wanting to get there. I know. So right. he should have been getting, given a ticket for just having a shitty car <laughs> and driving a <laughs> yeah. cheese eating surrender monkey vehicle. The uh, <laughs> uh, I see Mac Macron's got a. a, a uh, positive rating of like 12%. <laughs> hey, man. What happens in France stays in France. I, I think like, I'm a much more quiet person, though. I generally, like, I, I, don't, go, I don't go loud pipes. I try to keep yeah. the stock. Well, yeah, I, I you know, pipes. even, you know, I got rid of the Kirker that was on the FT500. Oh, yeah. A, Right. I'm putting a stock pipe back yeah. on that because I try not to draw too much attention. I think yeah. these are all symptoms of adultism that exist in the motorcycle community that other people are like, you know, I don't know. All of a sudden, I turned fifty, and I I just didn't get horny anymore, or like, you know, like <laughs> a thing. You know, like like yeah, I don't sit around and just drink with my friends until I fall over. You know, they called me two days ago and made me turn my stereo down in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> me and my buddies were out there, and it was like, <laughs> it's my wife calling from the house yeah. to tell me to turn the stereo down. <laughs> in like, the can garage. you hear us? She's like, of course I can fucking hear you. <laughs> it's a five hundred watt stereo. It's a garage, not an anechoic ta- chamber. What the fuck, man? Do you think it's the loudness or the? The thing is, when you get older... Yeah. Vibration? No. You, yeah, well, you know I hate vibration. But, but as you get older, you lose your hearing for the lower end of the spectrum. Oh, the lower oh, end of uh, the lower frequencies, and you have a... a, a you're more attenuated to the higher end. Interesting. So maybe that cracking, like the high... Like the pipes that... that like, I could deal with a low, like a thrum yeah. versus a crack. Okay. Because yeah. the thrack's very annoying. Right. Versus a thrum, which you can almost not hear, but okay. maybe it's because you can't hear it anymore. Right. I do appreciate still feel it, the loud bikes. Good. Like I do own a few motorcycles that are still loud, but they do tend to be bikes that I can, I tend to say that I can feel them mm-hmm. more than yeah lower frequency yeah, than yeah. higher. I think frequency. you're right. I think that might be it. She and does. My wife is very every time I listen to something on my cell phone, right, and it's never at full throttle. She's always like, can you turn that down? It's on can your you, phone, for fuck's sake. It's the on my speaker phone. is smaller than a fucking Can you turn that testicle. down? Can you turn that yeah. down? Like, she fucking hates it. I'm like, yeah. I didn't... It's a speaker that's inside a phone. How loud could it be, sweetie? Can you turn it down? But it's clearly, it's it's part, it's sharp. It's the pitch. That's got to be what it is. Yeah. Eesh. Yeah, it's like a little fucking Eesh. angry... Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Okay, so next question. As we get older. Do you have any motorcycles that you're actually embarrassed by? <laughs> ah, hold on. I'm not saying... This is a, like, as you get older thing, too. That's not bad. I've realized that... Yesterday when I was riding around, I was essentially, in my helmet, apologizing to the neighborhood for being that guy who was riding a bike that was so radically altered from its original sound profile 
and its performance profile, that it was, it's an asshole. The bike's an asshole. But, let's but let's call it what it is. The bike's an asshole. Bike, you're embarrassed for the noise. I was embarrassed for me because that people are going to look at me and that bike and go, hold on. It's like the little guy who's five foot four and decides he's going to be angry at the world. So he takes all the steroids in the world, becomes super angry, and picks fights with everybody. <laughs> and that's what a tuned Vespa and Lambretta are. Mm. You know, they're overcompensating like crazy. That guy rides a Harley without pipes, by the way. He does. I, around here, a lot. And actually, it turns out I got up close to it the other day, and it turns out it was actually a Vulcan. Oh. <laughs> it just had Harley badges on it. That's, uh, one, I mean, that's one way of looking at it. That guy, that guy was really angry. That guy was super angry. <laughs> that's one yeah. way of looking at it. His license plate was on sideways. He was so angry. There's uh, probably certain some validity to that. Yeah. But also, too, with a Lambretta or a Vespa, you kind of almost have to do something to them to really, I mean, doing a little something to them, putting a kid on it, makes it a lot more rideable, makes it a lot more fun. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like I mean, the, I will tell you. You're dealing with so little to begin with, putting adding them. The jump from a 200 to a 220 with a Cedo Plus pipe yeah. is extraordinarily satisfying. Yes. And it makes the bike into something that's becoming, I mean, it's fun anyway. But this becomes like, I can wheelie whenever I want, that kind of thing. So that is the thing. It but can get out of its way. It can the, keep up with traffic. But that's not super loud. Right. But you get into a proper expansion chamber, whether it's on your RM250 or on your, you know, DT1 or whatever kind of, you know, hopped up 70s trail bike you got or enduro you've got or god god bless you if you got like an rg 250 gamma or something kick ass or an old rd or an rz you put these big ass fat you know like uh you know kick ass uh, denko denko fat cat chambers have you ever seen chambers those? oh my oh, god huge. they're just chambers they're just coffee cans welded together like huge chambers and the metal's so thin you can almost see through it and the sound just jumps out of them uh, and like H ones and H twos and all that spectacle, spectacular Sounds shit. Sounds like an angry swarm of bees. Oh, the the S three that we had around here. Every time I'd ride the S three around here, I would literally have to drink whiskey before I drove it. Well, what about those guys down in Ohio? The guys from Kentucky or Tennessee? Oh, exactly. Yeah, bike with that. It's a triple, huge triple, Kawasaki yeah. triple. It's a Kawasaki. Yeah, but it's H- a little tiny H2. bike. Yeah, because they took. The two bikes that a KV seven. Actually, they said that wasn't even a KV seventy five. It was a it Honda. It was a Honda. Yeah, yeah, it was a Honda. And it was, but it they transplanted a three inline. Basically, the same motor out of. They took the a S three. No, it was S three motor. It was two fifty. Yeah, it was 400 motor, mm-hmm. and they put it into a little tiny, you know, trail seventy frame or, or less actually, but like that's that whole concept. The whole, those guys were making noise for noise's sake. You know? And you're at Mid Ohio. Down there, you get a bit of a bash. <laughs> that was some yeah. of the best. That was good noise compared to the the old clapped out dirt bikes. And again, I have no problem <laughs> with <laughs> the noise at Mid Ohio after seven thirty a.m. Prior to that, fuck you. I'm throwing high powered Mexican fireworks at you. You know? Yeah, because Cinch has to make his coffee before you can really make noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know. I like to sleep into at least I like to sleep into at least seven thirty at Mid Ohio, and that does not play for most of the uh, Golden Corral breakfast guys you know, who go to the the, the Golden Corral late night buffet at four p.m. The uh, yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not down with that but Mid Ohio is ready to kick the morning so off at six. Yeah, are you saying it. a bike that you feel like an asshole on or a bike that you are embarrassed to ride? Well, I kind of got to the point where. 
I've never been embarrassed to ride the PC-800. Yeah. I love the PC-800. I love it. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to ride I'm totally it. okay with it, and I'm, I'm totally fine with the PC-800. Uh, but... That being said... <laughs> that being said... I think right now a Hayabusa might embarrass me. Like, to ride a Hayabusa around, I would be embarrassed. And in fact, last year when I was riding the Harley-Davidson with the flames on the gas tank, I was embarrassed a little bit. I had this sense of, like, um, like uh, I, I work for the company and I have to test drive this. And I will admit that I was feeling a little bit self-conscious because of the bike I was riding. But I, I don't think you have to. You were doing Harley-splaining? Harley People expect. <laughs> well, just came out my nose just now. Because <laughs> that does put it. That perfectly puts it on. Like, sorry, this isn't my bike. In case you didn't see the dealer plate on the back, I'm wearing my official service department jacket. Yeah, exactly. But but I think on a Harley, it's almost expected to be like something like that. Loud and obnoxious. Yeah, I mean, like somebody expects that. Yeah, but hasn't it gone away? Like, haven't we at this point? Hasn't the Harley-Davidson identity become a joke unto itself? Like, at the show, I'm talking to people, and I have customers coming into the shop since then, and I'm kind of lightly talking to them about bikes and stuff, and they're like, I don't want to be identified as being a Harley rider. Yeah, but the people that go into a Harley dealership want to be identified as Harley riders. Their so you sales have, are down I mean, so you have like a right dichotomy now. there. Different yeah. Yeah. They're talking about they're, they're in hurt and bad. They were, I just read an article <laughs> where they should start building cars and trucks because they're... Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to save and fuck electric bikes. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the people that are still beating their feet to get to the, you know, collect all the, the full rack of Harley-Davidson dealership t-shirts, you know, travel the world one Harley-Davidson dealership at a time to get the t-shirt, or the people that are collecting, you know, well, did this year's Harley Owners Group leather fetish gear show up yet? Because I need to make sure I get it all before the next meeting. That's getting to be smaller and smaller. And we're seeing it around here. Well, they're going to get bought out by a holding company. Oh, God. Texas Pacific Group to the rescue. Uh, AMF. I, I can tell you the bike They're going to get I bought feel... by MV Augusta. Hello. <laughs> That's a, yeah. In the bike, the yeah. bike I feel a little bit embarrassed for yeah, riding so. is my Helix. Your Helix. What's that? Your Helix. That's Your a Helix. good example. That is an excellent example and, of an embarrassing you know, And I shouldn't feel embarrassed by riding it. <laughs> yeah. But the thing die. is so fucking ugly. It is. <laughs> it's fucking ugly. And it's stupid because you're sitting like, and I feel like I'm 75 years old riding this thing. But, I mean, it's so practical. You know, I go, I take it to lunch to get my, pick up my lunch at work. So I drive to IGA, you know, I get my shit, I throw it in the trunk. Right. Which is exactly. awesome. Which is I mean, totally practical. The bike is totally awesome. Yeah. But when I'm riding it, I feel like, this isn't, I should be like, in a, I should have a walker in a wheelchair. Um, excuse me, people. Just letting I'm you know. I'm not old. I own an Alfrica twin. You're Mr. Twin. I'm letting you know. This isn't my You need a bumper sticker that says my other bike's an Alfrica twin. My other bike's an Alfrica twin. You need a bumper sticker that says my other bike's a zero. And you have a bumper on that. I have an FX on, too. Do you have a bumper to put on and those big Honda turn signals stolen from the Accord. Oh my God. And the uh, thing is, the thing is, the guy who owned it before me yeah. put like Betty Boop stickers oh, yeah. on it and BMW oh. stickers on it and yeah. police interceptor. I mean, oh, I saw the police interceptor badges. It's hilarious. Like yeah. Stickers all over this yeah. thing. And it's like, I don't want to. I mean, I, I, every time I buy a bike, I kind of like pay homage to the person who owned it before me. I don't want right. to take it off. You know, I, I bought a, I bought that. Uh, 
85 uh, gold wing. We're all uh, only caretakers of these vehicles. Yes. Right. Well, well right. that's what I'm saying. That this guy, yeah. you know, this guy, this kid showed me his dad's bike. It was an 85 LTD. Right. It was a beautiful bike. It yeah. had a plaque on it. Dr. So-and-so DDS. He was the dentist in the same dentist office that I went to a dentist. And I mean, you know, they have two dentists in an office, and I went to the other dentist. But it's <laughs> more natural when you're holding a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to stand up and rant, having a cocktail in your hand looks way better. Right, and I'm sorry it's a <laughs> rant, but the guy had the guy had his his little pins in from like. Uh, like Mason, like his Mason pins, and his, oh, like, okay, all right. What every city he went in, he had these little cool. pins stuck in the leather in the in the uh, like the uh, you know the covers the for the yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. And you know, I felt almost like I was desecrating this guy's memory by <laughs> taking all this shit off. Chris is Chris is like fuck that shit. Does it hurt you to leave it in there? Just fucking no, leave it, it in there. No, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to leave it in. And I felt like you know this guy. This guy loved this bike. Yeah. He took very good care of it. And he he he. I mean, his son was telling me the whole story about it. I mean, I listened to it for a half hour. How you know where he rode all over the country. He went to all these places. He got all these pins. He's like all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't <laughs> desecrate this guy's memory. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you 850 bucks for it. All right. <laughs> no, it doesn't affect the price. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it does affect my like my like. I mean, I, I his emotional don't want stability. About they call it like karma. Is it like feeling. a karma thing? Like, yeah, it's a karma thing. Because if you take it off, do you want to like, take that guy's spirit out of this bike? So what's the rule? Now, isn't there, now hold on. Isn't there a rule with boats? Like if a boats once a boat's named, oh yeah, you can't if, rename it. You can't rename it. Right. Well, fuck that. If Who's I buy a name? boat that's named like the Happy Luck Fun Club, <laughs> and I want to call it, you know, Criminal Intent, I'm going to change the name. We got the Happy Luck Fun Right? I want What's my boat to be called Splickety Lit. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Right. You don't rename a boat because you're going to die on it if Apparently. You do that. But again, this, but that's why I'm saying you have Test a sailor's sensibilities. You have a certain devotion to that idea of if a boat was named a thing, you can't rename it. But you see, the interesting thing is, I'm a person that's adopted. So my I name, too. yeah. So my name that I was born with is not even the name I carry with me to this day. Joseph Povich. But like that's, I would think nothing of desecrating everything about that vehicle. I would. No, the, the same thing. Totally take it apart. Paint the, the first, Do you still the have the lace on your Japanese uh, high ace? No. That came right but off. See, it came off real quick, didn't it? But you and I are totally opposite. Yeah. See, I think because I have no root and I have no heritage. Right. So you respect that the somebody heritage. has right. some heritage. So you respect the bike's heritage. I respect any bike that I've ever bought's heritage. I do wow. not change a thing about the way the old, except if somebody painted it gold. You, in which case, <laughs> fuck gold. You're gonna love my new hearse. Well, I'm a, I'm a stalker kind of guy. I always, yeah, right. you know, I always like stock bikes. I. I don't know. I've never repainted over tanks. I try to make it as nice yeah, as Yeah, you can always be. try to get them back to original. I want it to be back to original, though. Yeah. I don't ever, you know. Well, I, but I think it's, a, 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 in my case, the first bike that I bought, the, the, the well, not the first one, the first scooter that I yeah. got, that the, P, the, the P200, yeah. was also the same scenario that the guy that used it died mm -hmm. and his kid was selling it. Yeah. So that's why I also kept the badges of the guy that used to use it. Right. Put some stickers and some some badges on the thing, and I yeah. kept them because just like. Right. Eh. 
You but, can add to it. Right, you but can you add to it, but you can't... From you can clean it up, but, you can make that, it better, you can make it run right. better, you can right. do this, you but, can do all that. but I think but it's can't... a special scenario of when it's from someone that just died or, or oh, that someone that owned okay. it. Because right. I bought it from a, a guy that owned it and right. just had some shit in it. Yeah, yeah when it I bought those three Vespas from the, the Michigan Scooter Mafia guys, right. Yep. those three bikes, you know, Casper, Sparky, and Leo, those three machines were... Fucking over goddamn accessorized. I mean, they were, you've seen them all. They're ridiculous. These things had everything that you could put on a Vespa from the Vespa catalog, but then they had the entire J.C. Whitney catalog added to that as well. (laughs) Every faux gold-plated eagle that you could put on a Goldwing was on these Vespa P200s. They were all burgundy. They all matched each other. The Vesperados. The Vesperados. But, but you knew them, yeah. too, Well, they were the right? Michigan Scooter Mafia. But you, had some, you had some connections. I knew the guys. Too. They were super sweet dudes. They took me, my first scooter event that I went to, um, they didn't treat me like an asshat. I showed up being a, a 21. Even though you were? Yeah, 21-year-old guy. <laughs> and, these, and it turns out that, you know, at that time, those guys were like in their 50s or 60s. And they had retired away from Harley Davidsons and gotten into the Vespas. Mm-hmm. So they had brought their proclivity for Gold Wings and Harleys. They'd moved it into the Vespa thing. So, you know, that's that's okay. I mean, I have no problem with that. But I kept those bikes in situ. Like, I kept them perfectly the way they showed up. I did not alter anything about them. And I kept them parked next to each other to honor them until their spouses were dead. And they said that they wanted to bring grandkids by to see the bikes and everything else, but they never did, you know. So for, you know, over 10 years, I kept them the way they were. They sat up in, upstairs. See, yeah. I feel that, I mean, I, and this is stupid, and I mean, I'm yeah. not going from any esoteric thing. Sure. But I feel like uh, um, certain vehicles have, like, a soul. Sure. I, and we kind of have a soul to them. Okay. And if you, I mean... I've ridden many bikes, and I've had bikes that I really love, and yeah. I have bikes that I couldn't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, it's like what you put into that bike and how you feel about that bike. You know, like this bike's going to get you home, and it could be, you know, you could be on the verge of failure, yeah. and it's just something about like you love this thing, and it keeps it, yeah, and just get, get me home. What you want. Well, you don't realize you that motorcycles I mean, but it have gets a soul you home. until you get a motorcycle that's not perfectly reliable. And when you get a motorcycle that's only about 40% reliable, you'll realize that bike has about 60% of a soul. Yeah. And that's the ratio. If the bike's 100% reliable, no soul whatsoever. But I, but I feel like they, they, yeah. the they all have personalities, though. I mean, it's like it's like people. Every bike you have is like right. a person. Yeah. And each one is different. It's like, you know, it depends on where you get it, who owned it before, how it was abused, yeah. it was it taken care of, it was it. Is it a is it a candy ass fucking bike? You know, it's like you know, it's like, it all depends. It's like did somebody knock it over? Was it wrecked? I mean, it's right, a story. So, but haven't you had bikes of people that had <clears throat> died on the bike? Yes, I have. I have owned I've owned at least five motorcycles where the previous owner is dead. I've owned one bike where the previous owner died on, on the bike. bike. Yes, like literally died on that bike. Was it? Because of a crash or because he had like a heart attack? No, it was a crash. Oh, okay. It was a crash. His wife shot him. Okay. <laughs> that works. And that, that happened to me too. Yeah. Okay, I bought this Silverwing. Yeah. It was uh, it had 65,000 miles on it. And the guy that sold me the Silverwing was like five feet tall. Okay. And he was five feet wide. He was like a square little man. He was the <laughs> nicest guy. 
I mean, he was seriously, he was the nicest guy. Last name was Minecraft. Yeah, born <laughs> stroke exactly the same. No, Over so square. anyway, he was telling me. So I'm buying this Silverwing, and he's like, "That's the bike I've been riding." Okay. And I bought this GL 1100. Okay. And I was so afraid of my GL 1100. This guy's telling me this whole story. Okay. I'm so afraid of my GL 1100. First, I got on it, and I walked it out of my garage, and I walked it. I was sat on the bike, and I walked out of the garage. I walked it back in the garage. Right. I walked it down to the end of the driveway. I walked it back up the driveway. I walked it into the street. I, got, I rode like that's around my motorcycle. That's an 800-pound motorcycle. Yeah. Right. I rode it Start around the motor. The block. I rode it easier. whatever. So then he's like, but finally, I was, I'm was. i very comfortable on my G1100, and I feel like I could sell the CX, or uh, I'm sorry, the GL500 to me. And it was a great bike. And so... I bought a Geo 1100, yeah, and I saw this ad in Craigslist about like parts from a wrecked okay 1100. Oh boy! So I went to the guy's house, and so it's it was the guy had a maroon 1100. I mean, I'm going to cry because it's so sad. The guy had a maroon 1100, and his yeah. son. I'm sorry, his he, son. Says my dad died on this bike. on this bike, and I said was and I said, you know, I knew this guy who had this yeah. eleven hundred was a freighter, and was some of the story about. And you bought this, the GL five hundred. I bought the GL five hundred from that guy. And how long after you bought the GL five hundred like, did he die? A year later. Oh my God! He got. He, I said, I hope he didn't suffer. He said, he suffered terribly in the hospital for days after uh, he after died, the crash. After he crashed, and, and he parts and, the bike out. He parted the bike out. And he's parting out that bike, and I'm like. Oh my God! Yeah. The guy was such a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, he was, so he this was, was the guy. It was, was the guy. The guy who oh, sold the me the GL five hundred. Oh, who died yeah. on that GL eleven hundred. And I'm like, oh my God! I mean, I was crying. Yes, and he was afraid of him. I'm sorry, right. I knew it was going to kill crying. him. I don't right. care. Yeah. But but I mean, he was telling me the story about how afraid he was of that bike, right. and it ended he up that he, he died. I mean, it's like he had a premonition that well, the bike yeah. was going to. He should have never kept that bike. Yeah. He should have never kept that bike. No, but it was like, it like, broke my heart because yeah. his son was telling me how he suffered and all this oh, kind of stuff. And I'm like, that shouldn't happen to people. Yeah. I've sold it bikes where I was pretty sure the bike was going to kill me. I had, a, I had a guy, a kid I met. I went and bought some parts off him and, yeah. you know, uh, the bike was sitting over there. And it was like, you know, metric cruiser. I don't really remember. Yeah. He had a toaster tank BMW, which I loved and everything. But he had some parts for one of my Yamahas that I had at one point. But that bike over there is that was the bike that killed his dad. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. So you know he was sitting there. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to put it back together one of these days." But it's tough to work on it for me. It just kind of sits there. I mean, yeah, get I, rid of it. I bought some parts for it. I really don't know how I feel about it. And you know, it was dad's bike, but it's also the bike that dad died on. So I don't know. Yeah, and that was that. Yeah, I, I I had a bike that the previous owner had died on, the older guy. I mean, he was going to die sometime. We're all going to die sometime. Right. He was going to die sometime. He was at the point in his life where he was going to die sometime. It just so happens he died on the bike. And the bike crashed, and it was a minor. It was a minor incident for the bike and a major incident for his family. And I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And so I ended up with the bike, and I rode it around a few times, and I just... This was one of those things where I knew that the bike didn't have a soul. I knew that the bike, there was no impact of anything. But then I realized that 
I wasn't getting any joy out of it either. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, am I writing it as a constant tribute to the guy who died, or am I just having it because of the guy who died? And am I having it as a caretaker for the guy who died? Ah, <sighs> shit. And I was like, you know what? Fucking sell it. Because then that's the way you don't have to think about it. Anymore. Yeah, it's more right. thinking that you should have to right. do about yeah. a motorcycle. Well, you know, there were bikes like Gold Member and Gold stuff Member like that. Gold Member was, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Eh. What's eh. My, eh. What no, am I going to uh, Everyone passed that bike around, and, you know, a friend of ours committed suicide, and, you know, he's a guy that's on the podcast and stuff. And, uh, and when that, when he was gone and Gold Member ended up being ours, and we had it, we kind of decided that nobody really wanted it. Because we all knew who owned it. We all knew the history of the bike. We all knew... It needed to go someplace It fresh. had to go fucking far away. It needed to go yeah. to somebody that needed it. And it went to somebody who was a, a complete cafe racer enthusiast who looked at it and loved it and thought it was super cool and came with his dad out to buy it and crawled all over every inch of the bike and was a complete pain in my ass when they were buying it. <laughs> but the long and short of it is... <clears throat> I needed somebody who knew who who wanted to love it. Yep, and that bike found a home. And meanwhile, around here, all it had was a Spectre. All it had was a ghost. So the ghost got exercised, and that's a that's a weird thing. So I didn't think we were going to go in that direction with the stories, but it is kind of interesting. Yeah. That that well, those stories are all all compliments of five twenty rye, rye, rye whiskey spirits rye whiskey. And, uh, in New York. Thanks for yeah. all those stories, folks. Well, you know, I had that R fifty. <clears throat> yeah, right. So, so I also, but what you don't know is I had an R60. Oh. U.S. I'd never seen the R60. So so I bought it on Craigslist. It yeah. was in Painesville. I actually got to see it before I purchased it. <laughs> so I went out to Painesville. I looked at I like the usual way you buy <laughs> bikes. Right, right. So I bought it. I transported it home in a trailer. Yeah. First time I rode it, I was riding down Hogsback. And I was, and I left my house. I rode down Hogsback, and as as I was going down Hogsback, something came into my head that said, "If you keep this bike, you're going to die on it." Oh yeah, yeah. And I sold it immediately. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, I don't know what it, what it was. I don't know why I felt that. Yeah. But it, I mean, it was a pristine, like you know, my bike was right. like, my R50. I loved my R50, oh, and yeah. it was. All it was weird, gorgeous, but yeah. it, but it wasn't perfect. No, but it was gorgeous. But I this R sixty was, was perfect. Yeah. I just wow. watched the movie Venom, and Venom is about an yeah. alien yeah. symbiote that goes symbiote, in, yeah. and it starts talking to him. And it's like, "You're going to die if you keep this bike." And, then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, and that's I what I felt like. So I, I mean, I sold it immediately, yeah. and I mean, it sold, and that was fine. But but I mean, it's if you have a feeling like that, I would suggest. Do all the podcasts. Try that an old 87 you Interceptor. Bike, and you're riding it and yeah. you think you're going to die on it, it. Yeah. sell it. I held an old Interceptor, you know, 80, 87 Interceptor. And I looked down more than one time and saw the speedometer 145, 150 miles per hour. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to die on this bike. Because, mm. you know, it was quarter to three in the morning and, you know, had too many pops in me or whatever. Mm. And I'm in a t shirt and shorts or something. And I'm looking down at 145, 150 miles an hour going, this bike is probably going to kill me. Like, having this bike is a bad thing but for that's my just, world. But that's just the capabilities of the bike. Right. That's, that's, not, that's yeah. not it just giving you a bad feeling. Uh, I had a... I, really? The feeling was one that at any moment 
because I don't know if you've ever ridden an old interceptor, but well, any interceptor, but they have gear-driven cams, and they make a very particular noise. Like a whine? Yeah, and they have that gear-driven noise about them. And so there's something about that motor when it's at full chat that that motor just sounds like... Like the depths of hell. Well, no, it's, it, it, it sounds Whale. like there's nothing I can't do. And I'm only showing oh, yeah, you no, enough to win. Sounds good. A war whale. Yeah. And there's a very interesting noise to it. And that noise is like, oh, I'm really not the most important thing in the room. You are. Yeah, and it's one of those things once yeah. you get used to what the capabilities yeah. of the bike is and you start losing respect for what it's capable of. I've had of, motorcycles that were a hell of a lot more powerful. And you're like, yeah, I yeah. can totally do it. And yeah. it's just, you always have to... I mean, not fear your yeah. bike, but at least have respect of what it's capable of. I'm, and you're fucking... I'm riding the BMW, <laughs> that BMW that we had here, you know, the K12. I'm riding that thing around, and I'm going 170 miles per hour on that thing. And at no point did I ever feel like, you know, I'm going to make bad decisions on this bike. No, I felt like I was making strategic flight plans. Like a fighter I felt, pilot. Yeah, 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 I felt like I was literally like, I'm not going out until I've buttoned up all my aero stitches and all of my tour masters and all of my gears and boots on and the whole deal and getting on the bike and preparing to go 170 miles per hour was... The bike, you the prepared bike to break this is, down barrier. Yeah! yeah. And wish quiet. Feeling, yeah. Yes, exactly. Until you felt that feeling, it's not the capability of the bike. It's not anything about the bike. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the... The specs on the, it's not a spec no. thing. No, it's a feeling thing. I always felt like the like interceptor was like you see, like Nick hasn't felt that. Yeah, but yeah. you'll buy a bike someday and you'll yeah. feel that. You'll feel like this bike is not right. There's that something interceptor not felt like right. I can kill you, get away with it, and kill my next owner and get away with it too because I'm that good. <laughs> Chris, Christine of Christine, Christine, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I rode that interceptor, I'd get back to the house, and I'd be like. Wow, that bike is effortless. It just does everything great. And then I realized, yeah, because it doesn't need me. Like mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not really a part of this operation. I can hold the I can wait on the brakes until way too late. I can throw it in the corner way too late. I can fuck up and dive on the inside of a line I shouldn't be diving on the inside of. And the bike just seems to come out the other side cool every single time. One day you're going to fall Until off and die. Until it doesn't. Until it doesn't. And that was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Is I always rode that bike at like nine tenths or yeah. ten tenths. Yeah. And anytime I've had a bike that was more vicious, I mean, right after it, I went to a Superhawk. Mm -hmm. So I went to a you know a one thousand cc twin that was far less predictable than the Interceptor was. But I always had more respect for the Superhawk and gave it, it you know gave it its due. I, I didn't. I did not think of it as a partner in crime I thought of it as like I should respect you a little bit because you've shown me that, that you could knuckle me down pretty hard let me put it this way yeah. do you think you could get that feeling on a very incapable bike yeah <laughs> like something yeah. sub 200cc Tend, uh, uh, and I have done that and of course we have all that's the problem with riding like, small, like slow cars fast yeah. and small bikes fast yeah. is that you can get to the point where you're way overdriving the bike, mm -hmm. just based on the capacity of the vehicle. Yeah. Like the, sh the shocks aren't 
Exactly. Yeah, Where every time you transition from a hard left to a hard right, you're bottoming it out. Your thirty-year-old tires don't really. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like any time ever Saturday night at band camp or, yeah. or you know it's like mid Ohio. Sure, why not? Yeah, uh, this bike can clear that. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah. Oh, I've overdriven a lot of motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, I've overdriven a lot of motorcycles. I was I tried to go 100 miles per hour. I tried to go over 100 miles per hour on one of the CB 400Fs I had. On a passport. So going back to the Helix, the one yeah. thing that I've noticed, and it's not just motorcycles. So with cars, usually, or, or what I've noticed, at least from from my point of view and taste. Bikes and cars from the 80s and early 90s, when they started putting plastic in everything, yeah. they get so dated. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. the old school 70s bikes where it's metal and raw and you yeah. can feel a yeah. shape. Yeah. The 80s were kind of weird plasticky. That Unnecessary really plastic. Right, they don't yeah. feel old school, but they don't feel... Futuristic or cool. <laughs> well, like retro future. They had the right. styling department, but they didn't have the engineering figured out yet. They yeah. were just. <laughs> my, well, have an so my embarrassing bike was the 81 CM200. 81 CM200. Yeah. And that is another bike. That's a bike that's like. Uh, yeah, it's hard to give that bike a lot of respect. Uh, yeah. Anything, it's just an bike. Anything, yeah. with, any, anything Honda with a C after it, you can't give it any respect. After, with a C after it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. What are we to do? It's called a custom. What did you do? We 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 squinted at a Harley Davidson through a foggy Sybil Shepherd filter. <laughs> Sideways in dim lighting. <laughs> And we made our Honda look like, like crap. And then we painted it brown. And we CM200 was when a CB tried to be a chopper for oh, yeah. the, and oh, didn't even make it to rebel status. I know. It was like, uh, oh, uh, it was in, like, as you see the, the, the frames flashing as it something morphs into something else. This is one of those really ugly frames. It was, uh, I still put up the argument that it's very hard for me to find a motorcycle that I like after 78 and prior. What's that? Prior to fuel injection. Well, that's true. You go from 78 to about 95. I was going to say 87. 87? I go right to 90 or 89. Yeah, early 90s. Because, like, in, in 89, have, 90, you get like the super high, or the, uh, the GB500. GB500. Yeah. That's a cool those. bike, right? Transalp, that's a cool bike. Yeah. There cool. were some cool bikes, NTX 650s, you know, those things were yeah. happening. So, but there's a dead period between this like 1979, right. the advent of dual overhead cam for Honda and igniter boxes where there should have been proper electronic ignition. Like, yeah. there's these weird, this weird period where it was like, we don't know what the fuck we are. Right. I still like the GLs. Oh, you mean like I an like 82 uh, 750? <laughs> What's that? I like the GL 500s and 650s. I, I, I totally That was pro- probably yeah. the only bike that was like a standard. At least that bike had its own identity. Right. Except for the fact they stole it from Moto Guzzi. Right. <laughs> right. And improved on it. You could almost smell so. the pasta over right. the chow mein noodles. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'm over, Chris over Smith the tonight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's not the, a good thing. It's an interesting thing, and like 
Depends on your view. When you think about your current you think about your current lineup of motorcycles, mm. you're like, eh. there's one or two that I've kind of recently been like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to ride this bike a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this bike and I are going to click. I don't know if I'm going to keep her around for a while. I'm not sure. So which one is that for you? Well, I'm having some problems. I did just buy a police Harley-Davidson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you thinking when you bought it? Were you thinking you were going to grow into it, or were you, did you like it, and then you fell out of love with it? Well, historically of. speaking, I have always had a respect for FLHs, and particularly police FLHs. Yeah. And I also wanted the modern transmission. I wanted the modern motor. I wanted the modern fuel injection system. so comfortable. And I wanted what Harley-Davidson could prove that when they stopped trying to put on a show and tried to build a motorcycle a man could sit on for 12 hours a day and work on and quit trying to be Harley-Davidson and put gremlin bells on every fucking thing or, or build, you know, the 73rd iteration of a fucking soft tail that they could build a motorcycle that actually had a job to do. And I thought that if I bought a motorcycle that Harley-Davidson was building because it had a job to do, that they would filter through all the unnecessary bullshit. It's beautiful in its simplicity. That's the idea, right? And it's the core essence, to me, of what a Harley-Davidson is. It's when you take away all the things that you have, the the dress-up weekend warrior pirate shit for. It, It has no... The only per, the only thing anybody wore that was riding that motorcycle was a policeman's blue uniform. There was no chaps, you know. There there were no. So in retrospect, what do you think of it now? I don't know. I got to ride it. I want to really get a chance to know it because I bought it when there's snow on the ground and I'm still dialing it in, playing with it. And I really want to see when I get out in the world whether or not that bike and I can click, or I th- whether I think you. I mean, I think you will like it. Or whether, or whether I'm going to be overwhelmed by the current state of malaise as associated with Harley Davidson. Well, do you still have your book and your pencil? <laughs> there is still a. There, I do still have an aluminum clipboard. If that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah. I do still have an aluminum clipboard. So the. Uh, I think you're just upset that those stupid. Vaginal lights aren't going to work out. Oh <laughs> no, that's fine. We'll we'll take care of all the lighting. I'm not worried about that. So so I mean, for me, I think I'm doing around the midlife crisis kind of deal. I started with a 600. Right. That was my first bike. Right. Then I got my 200. <laughs> I got another 200. Then I got a 150. 150, yeah. Right. Then a 110. A 110. <laughs> now a 49. <laughs> uh, I, I I didn't get the manual. What did GoPad build? Crisis. Yeah, so, so I love that bike. I mean, it's it, it's a moped. Yeah. We've all had those t-shirts. You're down to 49 cc. It's not CCs, a fucking moped. It's right. not a damn moped. It's not a damn moped. Now I do have one. Any lower, Oscar. Right. I, that's that's as low right. as it gets. But it's a Bravo, I mean, right? it's a Bravo. It's, it's a. It does make a 35 cc like uh, utility motor for like weed <laughs> whackers. <laughs> I love some tires on it. I just love the optimistic naming structure of Piaggio mopeds. <laughs> yeah. What kind of moped you got? I got a Piaggio. What's what's it called? C. C. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Okay. I got a moped. Do you have a moped? C. Yeah, C. I have a moped. Okay. Cool. Thank you. What's it well saying? done. C. Good yeah. job. Yes. Good job on naming yeah. mopeds. Yeah. Then it starts to get a little. <laughs> you got a you got a moped. Yeah. What kind of moped you got? Piaggio. Joe. Oh, Piaggio. That's great. What you got? 
Ciao. A ciao. Ciao. A ciao. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Okay, that's cool. Goodbye. That's neat. You know, bye bye. It's like bye bye. You're on a moped. Ciao. You're on a moped. Bye bye. Can't talk to you anymore. It's ciao. I was like, okay, that's cool. Ciao, baby. All right. All right. You get the next one up. Get the next one up the line. What you got? Got a Piaggio? What kind of Piaggio you got? Got a moped? What is it? A Bravo. Bravo. But wait, there's now we're going. Now we're going. Huh. We were okay with the chow thing, but bravo? Don't know yeah, if we need a round of applause it. for a fucking moped. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now. Right. I got a moped. Bravo, <laughs> you made it here. <laughs> I got a moped. What kind of moped you got? It's Piaggio. It's Piaggio. Cool. What kind of Piaggio is it? A grande. Now, hold on a second. <laughs> now, just hold on a <laughs> fucking second. Taco Bell. I'll let you have a bravo, sir. <laughs> but what about that moped is grande? <laughs> None. It's still 49 cc. <laughs> it's the same as the other ones. Hey, but he's got a tubular frame. Oh, yeah, and his battery. And his battery. And, and turn signals. Turn signals. Alloy wheels. Alloy wheels. Alloy wheels. the Grande, the fucking mythical Grande. The unicorn 80s. of the Vespa Piaggio yep. fleet. Piaggio Vespa. injection? No. no. <laughs> grande? No. Oil injection? Oil injection? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Grande was like the best... The best marketing job ever. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the thing is, it's a Piaggio, right? We all know Piaggio. Piaggio's a big company. Yeah. And it's a Piaggio moped. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we get it. And it has a name. Yeah. It's got a name. Yeah. Grande, Bravo, Bravo Chow, Chow, C, whatever. Yeah. Them fuckers had to sneak the word Vespa in there to give it credibility. Mm-hmm. They did. Because yeah. it ain't a Vespa. Yeah. It don't look nothing like a Wasp. No. It does not have a monocoque chassis. Yeah. It yeah. is not a Vespa. By any definition, it's a Piaggio. Yeah, Piaggio. And it's a moped. It was a Jalera. Well, yeah. a lot of them were. Oh, really? Yeah. Jalera always did stuff in parallel. So Jalera was uh, one of those very old uh, Piaggio holdings where uh, it was not uncommon to find Piaggio product and Jalera product being marketed slightly different. Even the MP3, the MP3 500 was just called the MP3 500. But the Jalera version of the same vehicle was called the MP3 Fuoku, which means fire. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you go down. Well, yeah, again, fire. fire. <laughs> yeah, so it was the, MP, the, the Jalera Fuoku 500. So the Fire 500. Same bike as a MP3 500. Same, you know, well, different dog, like same please. Vespa had Sears, yes. or Allstate's. Yeah. Jalera yeah. had Jalera's some Sears bike. bikes, yep. too. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. So it has always been one of those things. I did a, uh, a YouTube video on the G400C where I did try to track the lineage of Shine Ray. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. It's fucking impossible, man. I'm telling you. The worst thing you could ever be would be like a paternity expert in the Chinese motorcycle industry. Because there's they don't keep any records of shit. They're covering their tracks, man. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're covering... It is so difficult. Circle you, back a couple times. Using the internet, it is Drag like British royalty. Yeah. It is impossible to determine where the bloodline actually goes. It's reptilians. Just, it is reptilians, yes. It's so fucking bad. And you're like, well, these guys own these guys. I think that every company just produced stuff for everybody else on like a 500 yeah. unit basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. well, we can't make our numbers this week, so we're going to have this company over here build 2,500 for us. That's why all those madasses we got after the first load, like they didn't even have the same fasteners on them. Like, huh. 
It was a brand. It was a model. It was the same fucking color. It had the same stickers on it. Mm-hmm. Yet we would go from bike to bike to bike to bike, and there'd be different fasteners. It's like the Simba. Oh, the, yeah. the, the 20, uh, 2010 Simbas yeah. Yeah. were good bikes. And then beyond 2010... And they, 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 they started not being a, good bikes anymore. No, yeah. they went to mainland China. Yep. And instead of being in Taiwan, they went to yeah. mainland China. And then it, it was a crab shoot. <laughs> and it really, I mean, it really is. Oh, my God. Kahlua inside a vanilla porter? That's probably going to be really oh, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be delicious. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, do you have any bike that you're kind of... "Quote unquote ashamed of?" I wouldn't say ashamed. Every once in a while, I get a little embarrassed when I'm out on the shame, ruckus. On the ruckus, shame. yeah, on oh, the ruckus. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, funny <laughs> story though. I was out in Bay Village one day, and this guy pulls up beside me in a um, on the ruckus. Guy pulls up beside me in a pickup truck, and he's like a Harley-looking mm-hmm. guy, and he like rolls the window down. He's like. Don't ride it if you don't know how. I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, where was I going wrong? You know, what do you, what do you expect me to be doing here? Pull it Explain. Really Explain. But, so I catch up to him at the next light. And he's like glaring at me. I'm like, sorry to keep you from your hell's uh, angels meeting over here in Bay Village. In Bay Village, you know, I was, yeah. wasn't going. Fa- you know, that's what it was. I was in front don't of him. Don't ride it if going you f- don't know how. Yeah. And the point being. There's one fucking control device on you. Right? <laughs> I, I just laughed. I, you just you, pin the throttle and everything else is brakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like an on-off switch. You just give it all she's got, and when the light changes, you hit the brakes, and then you do it again when the light changes again. But I was thinking, what, what, what am I doing wrong? But I'm trying. It's all the faster I can go. That's exactly. But it's a <laughs> and fun I can be bike. doing it backwards it no, with no I, lo- hands I love that thing. It's solid. You, yeah. you just have to say the bigger the bike, the smaller the dick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you're looking at me like, dude, seen this? Undercompensating. <laughs> Actually, I like it the other way. The bigger the bike, the bigger the dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, where are you stand with 500s? <laughs> or 200s? That's kind of my sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I got a 49. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I like the inversely proportional. Uh, yeah. Coefficient. Exactly. <laughs> the motorcycles and misfits did a great test where they actually figured out the volumetric based on displacement of the wedding tackle of the members of the podcast. Oof. Mm. So, like, now I don't think that they did the test, in my opinion, accurately because, of course, <laughs> what I would have said is we'd use like uh, dental hygienic, like the dental foam that they use to make casts. I can get some of that. Of course, you can. Right, and that you would have to, then you would have to insert said member into said cast, and then you'd know the volumetric. Right, right. You'd right. know the volumetric mass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of your equipment. <laughs> Rigid or flaccid? There's only one way to measure, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that, that but are you a old. shower or a grower? Uh, once again, can I, can still, I, can I put my extra fat roll back? <laughs> <laughs> There's. Only one way to measure. No shrinkage. No. There's no Well, we're in winter, so it's not winter time. Cold one. No, no. But the point being that there is that that idea of there's no replacement for displacement, displacement yeah. as it comes for as it comes to motorcycles and whatnot. And no, I mean, I we were joking last week about the Triumph Rocket two point five liter. Right. That is not going to be. The bike, that's of, a respectable car motor. Exactly, that's not going to be the bike of guys that are completely confident with themselves in the world. That's going to be the bike of guys who are like, "Mine's bigger," and that's the first time you've ever said that. But it's not faster. <laughs> it's not faster. Yeah. It doesn't you handle that. You always wanted to get a Rocket Three, right? Me? 
You? No. Oh. No, I've never wanted they're to get ugly. They are very yeah. ugly bikes. I don't like the I don't like the lack of symmetry in the motor. I do not like that the left side of the motor looks like it was built in a different factory than the right side of the motor. But they're like boss hot. Like it's those, the same kind. Yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Same. No, I don't know. You could say the same on, thing for a BMW K bikes, like the K seventy five K one hundred. Oh, the, the old bricks, yeah, the yeah. flying bricks the and old stuff. Bricks are ugly as hell. Yeah, and everybody who has one, it's it is funny that this is a very different thing about working here. Is a lot of people come in and be like, "I've got a bike that you're you're going to want to take on trade." Oh boy, oh boy. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. You're sixty five years old. You've got white hair. You've got a belly. You're wearing. A vest. Jeans. Oh, vest. Ooh. You're wearing dockers of a sort. You're wearing boat shoes. Okay. Uh, Was this a life vest or like a... Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tech vest. Leather. And I'm like, okay. I'm checking out. I'm like, okay. All right. Give me a piece of paper. I very quietly write K75 on the piece <laughs> of paper. I fold it up and I put it in my hand. And I go, all right, what kind of bike do you have? And he goes, Phil well, goes, I got it. Phil goes... <laughs> and I feel like the guy guessing your weight at Cedar Point, you know, what, guess the month of your birth or what kind of bike you ride. And the guy's like, "I got a K seventy five. It's a great bike. It's amazing. They're so cool." And I held my piece of paper and I went, "How did I do that?" And the guy's like, "Jesus Christ, how did you do that?" And I was like, "Well, I've been doing this for a little while. I've been here, baby. I've been here for a while, and uh, they're worth nothing." For the record, if any of you guys are wondering, to our the, podcast listeners out there. The last one I bought, I paid eight hundred bucks for. That was a pile of crap. But it doesn't matter. I, I'm going to tell you, they're worth every accessory nothing. made to man. Yeah, they're worth nothing. They are worth nothing. I've said no <laughs> to six of them this year. Said no because even if I got them for free, I would still have to sell them. Which means drive shaft. No, in. hold on. You can't sell something unless you find a buyer, right? Yep. And they're all dying off. Right. <laughs> and only people that appreciated that thing? Yeah. They're in the Natural History Museum. Yeah. yeah. They're the ones with pins on them all over. Right. <laughs> They've all been pissed. The, uh, but that's, that's, that's a come around yeah. there on that one. But I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, remember. A around or a come around? Come around. No. Remember that in order to sell anything, you have to find a buyer for it. And there's just nobody. I have not found a person, 35 years old, etc., walking into my shop and going, Does he, do you know where I could find a K75? Do you know where I could find a K100? None. Zero. But in 10 years. Oh, my God. No, I hope not. You better have a warehouse full. You're thinking, really? No, do you no. think? I mean, is that the... Now, hold on. Is that the voice of the millennium? Because I have to ask. No. Okay. No. I'm just fucking with you. Help me ask for every sheet. But Sills... Has like 200 drive shafts for. <laughs> <laughs> I always said there's going to be a point where the 1983 CM400 is a desirable motorcycle. No way. I sure hope. And not. when that happens, You'll I'd rather dead. not be here, right? That's not going to happen because there's a certain line that is just, it doesn't matter through millennia, it will never be a good motorcycle. I think hipsters can fuck some shit up though. I, I mean, I, I think that mindset no, is so different. They're going to turn that into something? Who's going to be the guy that rolls up in an 85 set, uh, Chevy Citation thinking it's cool as fuck? That's one what I was about guy, to say. But it'll be one guy that will think it's cool. It's not going to be uh, a million people or, or 
Five hundred people. It's gonna be one guy that yeah, thinks it's cool. Be more than that. that. There'll be more than that. There'll be a little. No, pump. but it'll be such there, a long. Well, there'll be a little club. fetishy club. You'll, yeah, uh, you'll yeah. get that. You'll get a little weird fetishy club. I'm gonna. I'm gonna few. But of I don't think it's gonna. <laughs> be I'm gonna like, few of those lists. <laughs> but I mean, like a CB750. It's got lineage. It's like right. it's like horse racing. Fiftieth like, anniversary this year. You need to have Just lineage. Like yeah. like there was one on Craigslist today. Yeah. Did you see that one? Which one? The guy was selling four bikes, and there was a. CB 750 selling for 800 bucks. Yeah, I just I sold one for 1700 yeah. that ran. Thank you, Chris Smith. <laughs> the guy's so guilty about buying it. He said he's going to come in after he gets it running and everything else. He's going to come in. He's going to bring me more money. He's going to pay me after the fact because he felt so guilty about underbuying this bike. Well, you know what? But underspending. God bless the guy. You know what? He he. Somebody like that. Yeah. Got what he wanted. He came in today and bought ten fucking gallons of Shop Bellray because he did his research and he discovered that, that Shop Bellray is apparently the best thing in the world for vintage motorcycles. I did not post that for him, by the way. I did not post that YouTube video. That is not my fault. He came upon that shit on his own. I don't know where he got the information, but the dude came in with two five-gallon jerry cans and bought ten gallons of Shop Bellray because apparently God smiled down looked and said... If you own a 1973 Honda CB750, the perfect oil to put in it is Shop Bellray. So he bought a lifetime supply. In my opinion. I just, no, yeah. you just heard that. It was on the radio. Um, KNR. No, I just heard that. Morning show. No, I heard that Bellray. Somebody, somebody was just saying Bellray is the only oil to buy. For vintage motorcycles. Okay. And I this just is where he heard it. it. I just heard it. This is where I heard it. It's I, like somebody just, coming out and going, hey, by the way, that. water's good for you. I don't know where I you. heard it, but I... <laughs> don't tell anyone. Water's good for you. Because it is. It's the funny... It's the fucking anti... No, he says it, it quiets transmissions. Did Look, you say that? It's the... I don't know. that, But it's what okay. I can tell you is... What I love about it is it's the anti-horse shit, red line, golden spectral, royal purple, navel jelly, whatever the fuck thing you want to do. It's the anti of all of that. It's somebody just getting back to the basics and saying, oh, you know what's good for your motor? Because the Harley guys use Bellray. The Harley guys use Bellray in the transmissions to quiet them down and to make them shift better. They they swear by Bellray for uh, smooth shifting in the old five I swear by Bellray because it's easy to buy in the drums. Uh, It's easy to sell. It's easy to sell. And my my drum pump works real good in those drums. It's excellent. (laughs) If it works good for the drum pump. It must he be good for everything. Ten gallons, huh? Ten gallons. He bought ten gallons. Holy! Crap. Is he going to change his oil every day? He bought eight. <laughs> he bought eight quarts of Bellray, and I was like, and he brought his own containers in, which is actually ecologically very sound of him. He didn't buy them in like yeah. one liter jugs. Mm-hmm. He bought ten gallons of Bellray in one sitting, like in one visit. He picked the bike up. Today, that's a good customer to have. And yeah, in the no process kidding. of picking the bike money, up, and he's willing to spend it. He brought. He tried to buy one of my ramps off of me because he liked it so much. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, baby. I'm telling you, I might have tell a new favorite guy. customer. Thank you, Chris Smith. Tell the guy, <laughs> tell the guy that Rural King sells a bunch of really good motorcycle ramps. No, no, he bought. I got these really weird S-shaped ramps. They're really weird. They're for like loading lawn tractors, oh. so they don't high center. Yeah, uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll sh- I'll show you them later. They're weird ramps, but they're S-shaped. But I had to buy one because I got finagled into picking up a Honda Silverwing scooter in Chicago when I wasn't planning to do that. So I didn't have ramps because my whole Chicago plan didn't involve ramps. So I had to go to Lowe's and buy some ramps. When I got to Lowe's and bought ramps, the longest ramps they had were bent like a pool noodle. 
<laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. And it turns out it's because like lawn tractors. So, so it's like the idea is they get you up, they get you, you up and then out, down, and then, then up you again. go up again. It's weird, but it works. Mm. Works. It Interesting. works. I can assure you, it works. I would think just a long ramp with one subtle bow in Your it. Your arch ramps. Yeah. My arch ramps have always been golden for like low riders and low Harleys and shit. Arch ramps work great. This is an S ramp. It's got a very strange thing to it. But they loaded the um, CB750 in the back of his pickup truck today. It was one of those like, you know, white guy lives in the country, truck's too tall situation. And they... No man it jumped It jumped right up in the back of the truck. So they all liked it. So, so the guy was like... Will you, will you sell me your ramps? And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" I, I will sell you one of my ramps. Giddy up! And the guy was like, "Why will you only sell me one of them?" I was like, "Because you only need one of them, and I'll keep the other one for myself." What you've done there is if you've, you've implied value to the, to yeah. the item. Yeah, I, I need one of those. I need one of those. It's yes. that good. I need to have one. I said, "But I'll sell you one of them for a hundred dollars, which is what I paid for the pair." <laughs> and he said, "I got more cash. It's a steal." <laughs> All I'm saying is... I feel is, bad. I'll give you 200 Right. Yeah. So... It's a steal. It's, it's a value <laughs> at twice the price. So the, it's it's twice the, price. the dude's thrilled. He's super happy. And I found some turn signals for him in a box of shit that we were going to throw away anyway. Nice. OEM Honda turn signals. Bingo. I know. He was right? very happy. <laughs> Gideon. Well, as I... Well, apparently, all the church goings worked out well for him, so... What happened to Wolf? Wolf. I like Wolf. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Gideon. Gideon. Anybody got anything else? I bought a car. <gasps> I saw a picture. Bum, bum, bum. Was that like an Did you buy a 1990 Toyota Crown hearse? No. No, I didn't. Mm, okay. did what did you buy? Hearse? No. Oh. Okay, wait. I saw that picture. I got to see what What did you buy? Well, I'm going to let wait, people Wait, no. We're going to figure it out. It's red. The engine's in the back. It's Italian. It's basically a Ferrari. It's <laughs> fucking Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari. That is the best definition I've ever heard. It's, you're right. It, it ticks is, all the right boxes. It is basically a Ferrari. <laughs> it's cute. Um, I like it. The nice thing about that is... How many letters are It's like name? an Italian Carmen Ghia. How many words? Is that a four-stroke? Yeah, it's definitely... It's a four-stroke. Okay. I have to calculate how much I paid per CC. Per CC. That's always Ooh, a good one. Yeah. 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 It's that Italian Carmen Ghia. Mm. And then the other question is, what did you pay per pound? Ten Farina, for sure. Yeah. It's a handsome young car. I paid... 58, well, 59 cents per cc. Whoa! Get out of here. That is fantastic. Is that an Opal? She's paid, uh, Little Antia? No. I don't even have a glass. GLAS? Oh, you're cheating. I can't see it. I I can't see it. Yeah, I can't even tell, though. I can't. I can't see the car. Let me see the whole car. Oh. Dude, that's a Fiat. That's a Fiat. It's a Fiat. It's a Fiat. It's a Fiat. Yeah. It's a 67 yeah. Fiat 850. 850, yeah. Oh, 850 Coupe. 60s are awesome. Yeah, it's a Fiat. Yeah. I love yeah. 850s. Where'd you, you know, find it? Uh, about an hour east of Canton. The good news is it's the 850 motor they used in everything, but it's in the wrong part of the car. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah. that's what that car works out to be. Yep. <sighs> but the, I think they sold six of them in Ohio. I have one of them. <laughs> and I'm the second owner. And it's a 67? 60, wow. 67. 67, yeah. So. It doesn't look horrible. Yeah. That I mean, is it doesn't look rotted out. No, it looks it's, great. It's kind of crusty. It's right. going to be crusty oh, underneath because it's a Fiat. Last time around, Get it running and drive it. Just yeah. like that. Ran one parked. New tires. Yeah. 
Get it right. Oh, yeah, a Fiat Quattro Formaggio. <laughs> That's the four cheese to all you guys playing. I was say, Formando Formaggio. What would that? So that was a uh, five hundred dollars. Yeah. Nice. Nice. We have to figure out what eight fifty is in Italian. Octo cinquanta. Occento. I don't know. We'll have one of our Italian listeners ah, figure it out. Enough. Not Hispanic. We don't speak Hispanic. If anybody wants to go to our Facebook page, if only we had Google Translate. That is an excellent. Yeah, right. And by the way, that's an excellent shade of patina red. I mean, I think the I think the color code on that red might be patina. It, it sort of blends in with the rust a little bit. It does. You can actually you could have a surprising amount of rust on that car and not know it. No, is it no, a no. chalk red? It is rustico. Chalk red. It's chalkboard red. You have the Fiat rustico. <laughs> Rusti, rustico pasta. <laughs> pasta rustico. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's super cool. Eight hundred and fifty cc. Four seven horsepower. Four banger. Thirty-seven horsepower, right? Forty-seven. Forty-seven. It's got mm-hmm. a lever in the. Is that, that an is overhead, overhead cam or underhead? It's a uh, it's a push rod engine. Push rod. Yeah, it's got push rod. Seats. Push it's got a motor. lever in the airbox for winter and summer mode. Oh, I'll bet you it does. I don't know yet. I I'll bet you. It. Oh, I'm sure I'll bet it you there's a plug in the airbox that you take out in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two, two door. Yeah. Nice. nice. Whoa. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, the motor's in the back, nice. which means it'll have some sort of copy of the cool. uh, Volkswagen heating system. Sports <laughs> coupe. It's a coupe. That means you'll have a. You'll need that ice scraper for the yeah, inside of the windshield. Oh. <laughs> That's your defroster. Ice scraper destra. Yeah. Ice scape, scraper sinistre. <laughs> that car, I'm sorry to tell you, is sort of like the definition of the hipster vehicle. The what? It's like clumsy. It's like, I don't know. How many hipster vehicles are Trabant? A Trabant. That is right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. The ultimate hipster vehicle You've today way too many people on is a Trabant. Yeah. Trabants have become the I fucking... I I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> just saying. Trabants. This is the Italian Wartburg is what this is. Yeah. It's, it's obscure. It's not... Yeah. Uh, It'll be cool, though. Yeah. Oh, like, and I, I will say, I wasn't seeking one of these out. No, I don't I, think I you could I just saw be. it, and I was like, okay. I, <laughs> I wasn't seeking out I a Fiat 850. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have a single carburetor or four separate It has a single... It should have a big Del Ordo. It's a, no, it's a Solex, I believe. Is it really? Oh, I'm surprised. Solex, I believe. Yeah, I'm surprised. I could be wrong. If it's a Solex, it's probably replaced the Delorto, which didn't work right. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard this thing run? Or Weber. Did no, you put no, Weber's no, on it? Absolutely not. I don't know. Has it turned over? Does it turn over? I don't know. You don't know? You bought it. He paid 59 cents a CC. Yeah, I don't care. You can make it run. Hook a battery to it. It's a fucking yard art. If he puts a mattress in it and sleeps in it, he's ahead of the game. He's going to huff rust. He's fucking everything up. All right. If he puts a tow bar on it and just uses it as a trailer, he's ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. If we I, use it as an sorry. ice chest, we're ahead <laughs> of the game. Well, no, I went into it thinking I could sell the taillights and yeah. some other bits and yeah. make the money back. Yes, you could. Absolutely. The glass in it. I guess worth, I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad purchase. Yeah. I just would have, I'm like, yeah. I'm still purchasing it. There are still rules it's purchasing such, something. It's such a obscure Some of the rules involve, like, I want you to make it run or make it oh, turn yeah. over I mean, or do something to it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I... Some yeah, lights, back in the nineties, replace all the nomenclature of it. <laughs> but like the hood and the truck, it looked like you could cut yeah. it in half, and it would be the same car both same ways. Car both <laughs> you say it needs a battery. Here's a battery. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I mean, that's the the story behind a lot of that sixties and seventies generation of European cars. Simcoe's? 
Yeah, well, the whole the idea was... Thing. Thing. Very few of them were putting out, like, big numbers. Very oh. few of them were putting out, like, real performance or real right. anything. No. The rest of them had to do with, like, we can't afford a lot of gasoline, but Dave over there at Pin and Farina, he's good with a pencil. So we can we can <laughs> bend metal around all kinds of crazy shapes. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell anyone that it's got forty seven horsepower. Mm-hmm. You know, and the cars were just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're beautiful, but it was also like under. You know, and the metal is paper thin. Oh yeah, I wafer thin. Yeah, I saw, uh, <laughs> the paint is thicker than the metal. Yeah. In, in Oberlin, uh, yeah. the other day I saw a two CV. Really. There's yeah. a there's a DS21 right over here in West Park. Yeah. Really? I see him all, and he ride drives all winter. Wow. Yeah, the dude just, drives all fucking winter. I can't believe he's driving a DS. There's a, there's a the DS21 by uh, Lakewood High School. It's sitting in the guy's backyard. Oh, is it? I know the guy. Is it the or, the orangish red one? That's I think the, it is. Yeah. Like, That's the no, color. he doesn't drive it. Oh. This one doesn't run. Yeah, and it's sitting in his backyard. And he's like, "I'm going to restore it." That's well, that's for uh, five years. For the last yeah. five years, he's going to restore it. Uh, I'm like, I'm trying to buy it off him because I love two CVs. What he's got, he could try to make it run. You could put a little bit of time and effort into it and drive it around for a bit, and then if you realize that you can't win, then he can liquidate it and make three times his money back. Coke and Croyle. Well, that's true. Yeah, it'll, so, it'll take all the corrosion away, and then you'll be left with a nice paint candy shell. Be careful the way you take that red oxide away, because so, that, that iron oxide does have the ability to hold some shit together. The car that I bought back in the day for the same thing, just as a project and trying yeah. to make it work, was a uh, Triumph Spitfire oh. 1500 two-seater. It was oh. gorgeous, but never... Had the time for go through the motor and get it up and running on. That's side. not that's not the kind of story I wanted to hear. I wanted yeah. a full, ah, there was an orange was, BMW two thousand two uh, yeah. that I wanted so bad and had no money. It was in college. Yeah, so I'm like if I had any money at all, if right. any anything happened that I got a thousand dollars, I would right. go buy this. Yeah. The guy was asking eight hundred dollars yeah. for an orange, an orange two thousand and two, not an eighteen. No, a two two thousand two. Yeah, and that is the automobile equivalent to herpetitis, mm. gonorrhea, AIDS. Yeah, because it's going to cost you eight hundred dollars <laughs> to lose all the rest of the money for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean that's what they I were. wanted it so bad. Though. Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Spitfire, man. Yeah, I didn't want a Spitfire because they were Camaro. <laughs> I wanted a TR6 because that was a mad oh, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. TR6 yeah. Is so I eventually got a TR6. Yeah. I kept it for exactly. Twelve Maybe seven drives. I traded my LX150 for an MG Midget. An LX150 for an MG Midget? Yeah. Yeah, I bought an MG Midget for $750. The best thing that ever happened is before we cleared title, the terrorists bombed the Mercedes like two cars over from me. And when I was living in Germany. And so the, the terrorists blew up the Mercedes like two cars over. And my MG Midget that I had just bought but hadn't cleared title yet. Oh. Thank God for 750 bucks. Burned to the ground. Oh. And so I got my 750 bucks back. Nice. That's fucking great. And I got to own like an MG Midget for like four days. I sat in it once and realized it was not big and enough. And now you me. have a story. Oh no, it's tiny. It's, it's like the yeah, stream like this. Oh, yeah. they're super You've tiny. seen this shit that I drive and that oh, yeah. car was small. <laughs> oh, yeah, that car is, that car is yeah. not like proportionate. No, it's a tiny car. They named it right when they called it the Midget. Yeah, yep. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. 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 
Yeah, that's it's a it's fucking hilarious. Plus, mine had every wire the guy replaced with red wire for every oh, single. No. Yeah, typical every British car owner. Uh, yeah. Well, wire is wire. Yeah. So yeah, on that, I mean, it's got nothing else. Fuck him. Yeah, Cleveland Moto Carcast. We were all over the place tonight. I like that. Yeah. I like so when a podcast goes need. all kinds of different places. Yeah, this is what we need. <clears throat> This is only Boots, one sound, no, dude. This is only one <laughs> sound. Cameron, this is this would be perfect for Cameron. Oh, car talk, yeah. Uh, this is only this is only one audio enhancement away from being a crackle cast. Yeah. So we're gonna get we're gonna get a crackle don't cast. Don't drive together. like my brother. Don't drive, <laughs> don't drive like my brother. <laughs> don't like don't drive like my brother's brother. Hey. <laughs> so uh, on that man, ride fast and take chances. Bum 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 b